Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Racing with Ryan podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stevens. Joining me in studio here today, once again, good friend of mine, Mr. Kenny Roth. Kenny, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good, Ryan. How you doing? Good, man. Glad to be back at the racetrack last weekend. Um, got our second race of the regular season in, and, uh, you know, I'm telling you, I, I don't know how you feel, but that's why I have you in here today. Um on paper, maybe not the most exciting night, but man, it uh, it provided some sparks and some action. That's for sure. It was a very eventful evening with some ups, some downs, mm-hmm. some craziness, some more craziness, and some good racing and some really close racing. Yes, yes, we had a probably one of the coolest photo finishes I think we could have asked for, especially out of the six hundred two mod division, which we'll talk about here in a little while. Um, I know the, the big topic is going to be the bomber race. And of course, we're going to get into that. And I know you are, you're down there in the trenches with, with these guys. Um, I, I look at it from a, a little bit different approach, not to be combative with the drivers, but I'm up there in the tower. So I know what's going on. I know, you know, how they're doing things. Uh, so I see exactly how it's being policed, whereas the drivers are just like, what the hell is going on? So, um, you know, I'm going to give my perspective on that. Um, I, I've said from the get-go, I, I'm a, I'm in favor of the rule. Um, I definitely think there are some kinks to work out, but I expected it to be this way. I'm, I'm in favor for the rule too. I thought it was very close racing, and I know some of the guys said that they had to make it close so they didn't break out, and that's pretty much the object of what that is: is try to see how close you could get to that 24 mark and still win a race and not break out. I mean, it seemed like it was the same people that always break out and they're the fastest people that are always here. I mean, yeah, we had a couple different people that broke out, but they barely broke out. And I think over the time of the race, your tires get better. Your tires warm up. They were running a little bit harder. They got a little bit more adrenaline going with them and the race was getting, it was down. What was it? The last second to last lap. Three of them broke out. Yeah. And, And that's the thing. I mean, we get to the end of this thing, you've got a car breathing down your neck it might make you push a little more. And I think that's a, an extra bit of strategy, a little caveat to this rule. It's like, you know, yeah, you're racing the guy for the win, but you're also racing the clock. And it's pretty easy, you know, when you're like, okay, I got to hit my marks here on this lap. And it, when you've got somebody to your outside or to your inside, you're you're likely going to push a little bit harder. And, and we saw, you know, guys like uh, Charles Frittle breaking out, um, guys that you wouldn't really think of to have problems like that. Um, but that just shows, you know, everybody's working hard on their cars. Uh, we've got a good crop of drivers out there. And th- this rule, in my opinion, it doesn't take away from the drivers. It actually puts the drivers more in control and makes it more about the driver at this point. Because if you have a fast car, now you've got to reel yourself in a little bit. And you've got to, you know, you've, you've got another challenge. And I honestly believe the ones that are constantly breaking out, you know, Dustin Higdon, CJ Creech, um, those guys were able to make their cars fast, right? And, and I, I don't want to say that they shouldn't get credit for making their cars fast, but I also believe that they can make their cars go just fast enough as well. I, I totally agree with that. I mean, like you said, the same people were the ones breaking out. You had occasional here and there breaking out because of the adrenaline of the race. And I believe that it's going to help out to make tighter racing. You're going to have a tighter bunch of, of people racing the clock, but still racing each other to try to be the first one of that 24 second on that last lap. And that's what I think. I mean, my only biggest complaint about it was the pit road 
Yeah. That that was there was some very like close catastrophes that could have happened on pit road because there was too many cars coming out stage and and it's not their fault they were doing what they were told right right it's just you got people coming down the pit lane i mean at 35 miles an hour i mean yeah relatively speaking yeah yeah. so and it's dangerous and it's gonna cause problems to uh happen out there so yeah i i definitely think that pit road you know i i know they say in the driver's meeting be lined up on pit road for the next race i think um there should be an exception when the bombers are on track. Nobody, sh- nobody except bomber cars should be on that pit road because we do need it to be an active pit road for the, for the penalties. That's really the only way other than to just take a lap away on the computer. That's the only way that we can really do anything. You can't have them stop on track, you know? Um, so, and I think that was just a, one of those oversights as it's a new rule. So, um, everybody, has a learning curve here. The officials, the drivers, myself. I mean, there's a lot going on in that race. I mean, I got to the end and I just had to wait for them to tell me what was going on because I'm like, shit, did three guys just really break out there? So, like, I think that means CJ's the winner, but let me just wait and get the final call. And they had to print out lap times and I guess things were still, you know, I, I, some people broke out and didn't get penalized. Some people broke out too many times and should have been penalized further. Look, was it perfect? No. Is it going to take some time to settle in? Absolutely. It just, you know, I, I get that everybody who beat the clock, so to speak, is is hot and now wants to sell their car. Um, if they wreck too much, they want to sell their car. I mean, it's it's. I'm not surprised by some of the backlash. To be honest with you, I I totally I'm I laugh at some of the backlash that's out there. It's like I understand. You want to be in a fast car. If yeah. you want to get in a fast car, then move up a class. And there, there's already enough classes out there. We can't add another su- su- performance four-cylinder class. Yeah, I don't, we don't think we, we already we got two it. four-cylinder classes, and one four-cylinder class is barely a class sometimes. And it's just, I think if you want to go faster, go to a different class. I understand money is tight. You built a car. You spend all your money in that. I guarantee you could sell that car to some under guy and probably be happy as hell to drive a fast car that they know one that car's values probably more than you put in it i mean besides your sweat and tears i mean i understand i think he probably wants to win a race in that car and i mean he did win a race but i don't i don't know i guess he doesn't consider it winning a race well he was he acted the same way when he won a race in somebody else's car and it's like dude you did it and he's (laughs) like well now i gotta win in my car and now he's like well there were circumstances and it's like I love you, CJ. Yeah, I, I really I like CJ Creech too. I, I just I wish he wouldn't take things to the extreme. Um, some of his I agreed with some of his comments in Victory Lane, but his his one comment about it's not safe for the guys in the back. I didn't agree with that. What are you What are you saying? Like if you get penalized now, the fast cars have to come through the slow cars. That's what happens if you if you could go twenty three five every lap, you'd be lapping them. So yeah. what's the difference? Um, I, I thought it was the clean like tightest racing and a whole has been recently in the bomber since the tires changed. Then we changed. Now we got this rule. It's just a rule you're going to have to adapt to. They had to adapt to the tires. All the fast guys slowed down. Yep. And now they got back up fast. Now they're going to have to slow down a little bit. Well, last year, remember, we changed the tire rule. Yeah. And we had closer racing. And I had somebody message me halfway through the season. It's like, the tire rule didn't do what it was supposed to. The same guys are winning. I'm like, yeah, but the racing is pretty good. 
Like, there's different guys, like, in the mix now. But, yes, it was Dustin Higdon. Yes, it was Stephen Wright still winning races. But look at it now. We got this 24-second breakout rule. Dustin Higdon won the first race. C.J. Creech won the second race. Stephen Wright hasn't chosen to participate. So, at the end of the day, what's changed? I mean, the same guys are still getting it done. It's just, for me, okay, and here's my perspective of this. My job is to call the race, okay? Um, I'm not there to critique the race. I'm there to call the race. Um, I, I can critique it here on this show. That's that's where I can critique. But calling these races is a blast. That 100-lap prolate model race, that got, after about lap 50, that was, I, I don't want to say it was boring, but it was tough to call because nothing really was happening. With this breakout rule, everything is happening each lap the potential for the race to go topsy-turvy is there. We have people breaking out. We got people slowing down because they're trying not to break out. You got comers and goers through the field. You have somebody break out. Then they have to come from the back, make a stop and go. I had so much to talk about in this race. It was super exciting for me in my position. Now, me saying that doesn't mean that you have to agree from the driver's seat that it was super exciting for you if your race didn't go well. Um those that, you know, were victims of the breakout, they're not happy. But then they look at some of the finishers, which we'll go over in a minute, and they're like, wow, that was the best race of my life, which I think is the intention of the rule. You know, this is supposed to be, a, I, I don't want to say beginner class, but a weighted a starter class, a let's go have fun with this class. That's not what a, I was about to say. It's right. Like, let's go have fun class, not spend a buttload of money. I understand you want to go fast. Everybody wants to go fast. Sure. News of is about going fast. It's just they need to understand that the cars are safe. There are some safe cars out there. There are some other cars that aren't as safe out sure. there. Sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's like they need to realize that if they got to conform to these rules because if they start going super fast, somebody could get hurt out there. So we just got to figure out what we need to do to make this race a little bit more tidy maybe have some extra hands helping with the timing because there was i mean there was people in the pits that were doing we were all looking at a race monitor and we were knowing people were breaking out as soon as they broke out yeah because it clicks on there and, and we see the same thing yeah. that you're seeing so have an extra hand i mean it's it, there's probably people that'll probably right. volunteer for that race because there's so many people invested in the bomber a's that i guarantee you, you could probably have people you could have people on the back i mean i know the smiths they were talking they were literally talking on the group chat pages yeah people were breaking out why are not people not going in the and, back and that's one of the the things that popped up a lot of people broke out in this 40 lapper versus the first race where we only had three or four breakout right uh three or four that's pretty manageable for for basically one or two people in the scoring tower we we have shelly the main scorer and she usually has an assistant which um binky who used to be there is no longer with us on a full-time basis um so Shelly had some help, but it was new help. Um, so Shelly was the primary person. When three, maybe four drivers break out at the same time, and then you had somebody break out the lap before, trying to relay that to the race director, who, by the way, we have a new race director, who did a great job and under a lot of pressure and had a lot of coaching during the night that you know maybe was counterintuitive, um, trying to relay, okay, trying to catch all the ones that break out, then relay it to the race director, 
to then relay it to the flagman, then to try to holler over the receiver and hope that they hear it. There's a lot that goes into it. So I think um, having a board on the flag stand that you can put the number up of the black flag car, that might help. Um, I don't know that they'll see it because I, I know when you're driving, you're focused on what's in front of you. You're not looking so much at the flag stand. Um, you'll have to train yourself if that, if we go this direction. One thing about that too, is being, I've drove a race car and I've drove a bomber and a super stock. You can't, it's hard to mm -hmm. hear when mm -hmm. you're ripping there, going down the oh, straightaway and you got them loud pipes in your ear. It's hard to hear because the one thing that maybe they need to do is figure out not to put the mic. Cause sometimes they put the mic and they'll go. Yeah. You know oh, that's good audio. Yeah. <laughs> End up like Ben Dodge. Yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that. But it's like, you know, uh, just they need, there's all kinds of kinks that they need to work out. Sure. And, and, that's and anything listen, that's new. I'm going to sit here and be honest with you. I knew there was going to be wrinkles to this thing. I knew it was going to take a couple of races to get everybody, just like the choose zone, which went well this this week. It took all of Speed Weeks and the first night to get everybody on the same page with you that. You didn't call one, one, but he was already in the back. You didn't call Bob. He ran over to choose. Yeah, he ran over because he's in the back anyways. <laughs> and they, we joke about that. We're like, well, one ran over it, but they're in the back anyways. So You should have um, yelled at him because I'm going to yell at him because i seen it on Speedway no, video. No, you don't. Because he was Bob really, alone. no, we got, we're good. trying to train him because he's uh, in a fast car. So okay. if he ever learns how to drive it, which He'll he's be up capable there. to do it, he needs to learn because that could really well, screw up your day. That's what being the Bombers is all about. Yep, he's so. going to have plenty of time to learn. And he had a blast out there. He And that's what it's all about All the too. guys that race out there have a blast. The few people that are the fastest one, they're the ones that are kind of bitching. I understand they're bitching. They all have valid points. Yeah. Everybody and has I a valid point. I, I'm not hating on anybody. I'm not telling you that you're stupid or anything. I'm just saying conform to the rules. We all got to race to the rules. Right. And, and the thing the thing about it for me is it's not just the rule applies to CJ, the rule applies to Dustin, and the rule applies to Larry Masters and Eddie Evans. It's the rule applies to the field. So everybody is under the same rules. It's not a, okay, we're picking on these guys. They're going too fast, so we need them. It's everybody. Mm -hmm. So if you go under, no matter if you're Aaron Foy or Leroy Crawford, you are getting penalized. And everybody has known about this rule. This wasn't a midseason change. This has been talked about for months before it even came into play because it didn't start until the regular season. I thought it should have started during Red Eye so we could get people used to it before we got to the points counting races, but I was overruled on that. Um, you know, everybody plays by these rules. Everybody that was there knew about these rules. It wasn't a surprise. So, you know, if now it's a problem, then I don't really... You know, if you want to sell your car and get out of bomber racing, I don't, I'm not going to feel any pity for you. And I know, oh, well, you should want all the cars there. I do. I do. I want, I want more. I want all the cars. But everybody's got to play by the rules. And if you don't want to play by the rules, then you, you should probably go do something else, is my point. Um, because what I feel like, okay, this might be a year of recycling. You might have some guys sell their cars. You might have some guys get out of it because that, that rule is, Maybe it takes them out of it. And if so, that that's fine. If you don't want to be out there, then you shouldn't be out there. But I think what's going to happen is it's going to open up doors and avenues for new people to get into it because they don't feel like they have to go keep up with the Joneses now. Get it to as close to 24 seconds on a consistent basis, and that's all you've got to chase. You don't have to chase Dustin Higdon. 
You don't have to chase CJ and Steven now. Uh, you don't have to discourage yourself if you can't catch those big three or four fast drivers. You know what I mean? So I think we'll see some more start filling in. I know a couple of people building cars. So people are still interested in doing this. So it's not going to kill the division. It might, you know, it, it might turn it in t- uh, from, uh, from whole milk to skim milk for a minute, but you're going to cut that cream off and they're going to figure out something else to do and they'll be back. They might go to bomber bees and Hey, if we can get, you know, 12 to 15 bomber A's and 12 to 15 bomber B's on a consistent basis, win, win. So in, I'm not sitting here all high and mighty and trying to, oh, you know, I don't want CJ and Dustin to come up to me next week and be like, I heard on your podcast, you're picking on me. No, I'm not. I'm just saying, if you all choose to not race bomber A's anymore because of this rule, it's it's fine. But I don't think that you need to be, you know, looking at it like you've been picked on or something. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Well, it totally makes sense. And I understand everything you're saying. And I don't think we're going to lose Dustin. Dustin, he's too invested in the bomber A's and Dustin loves the whole helping other people yeah. achieve. Yeah, he's got a crop of drivers under yeah, his wing I mean, now, so. you see, I know it looks, it looks like we're all spread apart, but it's like you have the, I love seeing in the pits the the bombers. They're all together. They yeah. got like you that whole little, little dirt area yeah. is like just a bomber. That's bomber city. I yep. call it over there, and it's 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 a great division. Everybody is friends out there, and uh, they I my thing is is maybe it's going to add value to these cars. If they want to sell their car, they're going to be able to sell their car a fast car to a younger person right. or somebody that wants to get back in the racing, I guarantee you there's some old timers out there be like, Oh, let me get a front wheel drive. One of them fast cars. It's just like the crown Vicks. I see the crown Vicks. They've guys selling their cars all the time, the fast cars and they'll sell it to some other guy. And then, and then they've got another one. Yeah. And they're yeah. back out there two weeks yeah. later. So it's just conform to the rules and have a fun, have right. fun. Still racing. try to have fun with it. I, I get it. It's going to, it's got to be frustrating. Uh, you know, I know, uh, uh, Courtney Breeden's uh, soon-to-be mother-in-law. She was frustrated with the breakout rule. She's not a fan of it, but she didn't. She didn't go blasting. You know, she was just like, "Hey, Ryan, you didn't hear me complaining." I'm like, "No," but I, you know, Courtney got nabbed mm. a couple of times, and it was good to see her run well in her return to Bomberay Racing. And you know, it, it definitely it has its ups and downs. Like you'll you'll see somebody like Larry Masters think they're going to win their first race, and then they break out, and it's like, oh, oh, that's painful, but. Oh yeah, he it's was pretty disappointed. He was pretty disappointed in Victory Lane because he thought he had yeah. that race. So no, I just, I get it. Like yeah. Aaron Foy too. He, you know, saw his first win coming and he pushed too hard. Yeah. It's a it's now like there's a little bit of mind games that go into it. You're you're in second, and you think, oh, I could go just a little bit harder and I could win. Oh, I broke out. Shit. Mm. And that's at the end of the race. There's no time to pit. And um that's the thing, man. You can't break out at the end because there's no way to salvage it. If you break out at the end, you've done yourself in. Um so yeah, I can definitely see both sides of the of the coin here, um, objectively speaking. Um, but again, in my position, uh, with my job as as the announcer, man, did was that a fun race? Was there a lot going on? Absolutely, it was a, a lot to follow. Yes, but it was fun. I had no shortage of things to talk about. Um, I really enjoyed. I was engaged with the entire forty laps. Like there was not a boring point of that race. Now the race itself was interesting. We haven't really even touched on what's happened. We've just been talking about this breakout thing because I know a lot of people are going to listen to the show to hear what we have to say on that. And I know that some are not going to agree. Some already did not agree with me on the way to victory lane. And I flat out told a group of people, uh, hey, 
if you don't like this breakout rule, there's 12 other divisions that don't have it. So there are options. So, um, it's, and I always it's, like the uh, comment where they're all trying to say, "Oh, well, you're going to have a breakout rule in the bomber bees." I don't think they will because all the bomber bees kind of run the same. They're pretty. Well, pretty... If they start getting out of control. Yeah. Who's to say? But it, yeah. it's just like you know, you can't take a super late model into a pro late model race. Yeah, no. So you got to be, you got to fit the rules, and you got to, you know, if you show up at the racetrack, you can, you've agreed to those rules, and then if you don't like them, nobody's going to force you to come back. We want you to come back. I want everybody to be there. I want everybody to have a good time. I want everybody to be competitive. You know, I, I know one of the most discouraging things is the guy that always runs like 11th, you know, never gets a top 10, never gets any glory. He wants it, but he, he never gets there. Now I, I think we're going to give – people are going to have opportunities now, and it, and it just opens the door for more people to get involved and be competitive, and I think that's a good thing. That's one, one of my main gripes about the – mod minis i just feel like the gap from first to fifth is so wide that it discourages participation and that's been my whole um whole ongoing thing with that mod mini division is the lack of participation and i think it's a top-down problem but at the same time i literally i talked to timmy this weekend and we buried the hatchet so there's no more you know picking on picking on the top I, I just I, I like it when people feel like they've got a fair shot. And that's my that's been my whole point about racing in general for the last couple of years. So I I think I think the one twelve is awesome. I mean I mean it looks like a little mini wedge. great looking race. Yeah, it looks like and an old outlaw late model. It's beautiful with a little itty bitty motor that can go. I mean it's it, that's an unbeatable car. I mean no, I, uh, somebody's eventually. Somebody will beat it eventually. Think, I don't think anybody right now, unless they're building it, it's gonna come. It's gotta. It's they're gonna have to bring it. One of these car, days. I don't, I I don't think, think it'll be anytime soon. But I don't even days. think we're seeing what that car really has. I, I really don't. I think he's not even really pushing it because he's still running slow laps, slower than what he's he, he blistered the field in qualifying. I think he ran a twenty point six. Yeah, everybody so else I'm, was in the twenty ones. Yeah, so that I mean, that's just showing what the car. I mean, that that's understandable because I, my gripe about them was always like, let's get a ten, let's get a ten fifteen thousand dollar car that's as slow as a super stock, and it's like let's spend all this money for a little itty bitty car that I can go that fast in a super stock. Right, so. but you know the. The Volpius, man, they, they've been in this division for a long time. That's what they do, and they perfected what they do, and I'm not taking that away from them at all, and I won't. Um, but I do feel like um, they at least made it an interesting enough race this past weekend. We'll talk about the Mod Minis here in a minute, but let's um, let's take a look. Uh, any final thoughts on this whole breakout rule? Anything else you think we forgot to breeze over when we were talking about it? Mm, I, I think... The rule, the time is fine. Leave the time. Just work on the pit. Yep. Something about the pit. Keep we the pits clear during clear, the race. Hundred percent. Because that's a. You got. You got to consider that part of the racetrack. The pits right now are part of the racetrack. If it's going to be thirty-five an miles part, an hour, yes. unless you got somebody out there, where we might have to get a little speedometer sign. You might. Be, yeah. Because. I guarantee you some of them guys might have not been doing 35 miles right, an hour. Right now, 30, it is an eyeball test, and, man, that's that's that, tough to make a call yeah. on. And so, but just conform to the rules, and I think it's going to be great racing. The Bomber Bs always have any rule change, or Bomber As. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Bombers I'm, in general. Yeah, Bombers, yeah. anytime a rule change happens, 
it takes a second. It's just like yeah. anything new. It takes a second for everybody to go, okay, and then they yep. got to adjust. Look at NASCAR. Well, listen, patience is needed on both ends. I mean, Shelly was highly frustrated. I know uh, more help. you could hear her say, what a shit show, and she was not referring to the race. Shelly did not watch the race. Shelly watched the times. What she was referring to was her having to keep up with and score the race at the same time. So her declaration... Some people can't multitask. Well, Shelly... Shelly had a lot on her plate that night, and I'm going to give her a little bit of credit. Um, you know, and we butted heads before, and I'm not going to pick on her oh, I'm not for, picking for this. On her, I'm just that, that position to be put in with these new rules and everything that, you know, she's doing a lot by herself now. So, um, you know, her declaration of that was not about the race itself. It was about what she had to do to keep up and try to call it as she was supposed to. And there's, there's things to iron out on her end. Rusty was up there the entire night, and he admits that there are things to work on. So, you know, that's why I thought doing this during Red Eye in World Series would be a good thing, so that when we got to the points races, we could have a little chance to, to iron it out. But I think it will work itself out. Um, those that are enjoying it are going to stick around. Those that aren't, I'm sure they'll take up different avenues or maybe, you know, only race when they want to now, and and so be that. Um but I think in the long run, it's good for the class. It'll keep the class from getting too far out of control because you, you don't want to have your entry-level division be so hard to get into that nobody wants... You, you don't want your entry-level division to end up like Formula One where nobody can get into it, you know? Yeah, what is Formula One got like three drivers that can actually win a race? <laughs> they got like 20 cars a week and, yeah, three that can win. I mean, it's that to me... That to me is when you can turn on the TV and you pretty much know what's going to happen, that's not entertaining. And that's what I as an announcer and a race fan, enjoy about the 24 second rule. Yeah. The, the fast cars are going to get up there, but will they be able to stay up there? There's an extra caveat to it now that I enjoy. So, um, looking at the bomber, a race overall, things started off rough, man. We had a big crash on lap two. Um, that was scary. That was, was a scary like, moment for sure. Even the beginning was like weird. And then it just, it got, Real scary. I mean, and that's one thing we need to really think about is think about your safety out there because you are going pretty quick on yeah, these don't, cars. I don't, don't take care. shortcuts. Yeah, there. I mean, you need to. Everybody needs to sit back and look at what they're driving and check some stuff a little bit more because people can get hurt out there. And the slightest thing. I mean, this wasn't even anything malicious or anything. It was just a accident. And look what happened. I mean, someone got hurt. Nobody really knew what happened until later that day so yeah we saw some some video from uh so what happened uniel diaz got together with tim chesney in turn two on lap two both those cars got into the wall and it looked like uniel was you know did some damage to the right front probably would have been done for the night but the car would have been he would have been able to fix that uh chesney backed in he continued um so you think well not a good start for those guys poor uniel what a tough you know oil leak on night one crash on night two right off the bat um and then the wreck is seemingly done. We're, we're, we're taking a breather. And then here comes Leroy. And the way I watched it, just like Speedway Video, I had my field division framed up on the wrecked cars. Mm. And then here comes Leroy just flying in there. I and I, you you know, go, oh, oh, no, no Leroy. Leroy. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I did not see him start to wreck. I mm. saw him pile in. Mm -hmm. And live, it just looked like, oh, was he just up in that upper groove and he didn't? He couldn't woe up to, you know, did he just drive in there? He didn't. What what happened was the view from the rear camera of Uniel's car showed. Now I don't know if he uh, was 
aware of the wreck late and then almost panicked or tried to turn even lower to get around those guys and give them room and car got out of control. But as he came off turn number two, car turned to the left. It's like it got loose, broke loose, turned to the left, and then he overcorrected and it went head on into the wall and then slid in to the rear end of Uniel's car. And I mean, just destroyed the entire trunk area of Uniel's car. And uh, when I talked to Uniel after the race, you know, he was walking around with a neck brace as a precaution uh, just because he's he's good like that. Um, you know, I was just like, and I think I said it live, it's one of those wrecks where you think it's done, so you almost relax a little bit. So when that other secondary impact comes, you're not braced for it. When you are when you know you're wrecking, and you're a race car driver, so you can mm-hmm. tell me if this is true. Um, when you brace, when, when you know you're going to impact something, you can brace for that impact. and you all, Your muscles tighten up, so you almost... You take, you absorb that impact a little bit more. When you're relaxed and you you let everything go and then you get hit again, that's what throws you around. Am I correct with that no, analogy? That's usually how anything happens is when you're relaxed. You, I mean, unless you're like really blistering, it seems like when you're really, really drunk, you're too relaxed. Well, yeah. But if you relax, that's how you get your whiplash and all that. Yeah, and when I you're mean, not prepared for yeah, it. I mean, Unio could have been... Starting buckling, yeah, starting to pull his window net down to show that he was okay and everything because people the, that's your sign to show that you're okay. And I just think that Leroy came out racing, was still in the move because Leroy kind of is a backfiller having fun figuring out his new car. Yeah, he's still and relatively yeah. new to this whole thing, yeah. So he's still he changed his entire car around, so it's, he's figuring it out. So he was coming around probably trying to catch up maybe he knew the yellow it, it just did kind of just happen and i think he just overcorrected he's seen the wreck went oh no that's my line i need to change it i need to get out and change yep. it lost control and then he lost, and then he overcorrected again it happens in racing i mean it's yep. it's scary it's just make sure you look at your safety because i know from what i've been told i think he broke his collarbone and a rib yeah, I, I know he got banged up, taken to the hospital, not for anything life-threatening, but for precaution, he was sore. Um, like I said on the, on the hot lap the other day, Leroy's going to be all right. And he's tough. That's he's a Leroy. tough, yeah. look, at, look at him and his brother. They look yeah, like tough people. They're they can tough take boys. The, yeah, yeah, so I, 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 I'm wishing well for you, Leroy. I'm happy that you're doing good. I did speak to him and Uniel. Yep. I actually, I guess I found out Uniel lives right by me because literally I was driving home and I seen a, car and a trailer turned left and i turned right and it was uniel's flat car i was like oh that's what, that car looks a little trash and i see oh. the little orange i was like yeah oh there's uniel so he lives right by me so like i told him if he gets a hold of maybe dustin dustin might be able to uh sell him some parts or give him some parts i know dustin's got a farm of cars yeah and i know uh uniel's got some new shirts that yeah. he's come up with he's trying to sell some of those he, he wants to get back out there uh, and maybe the car's not as bad as he originally thought um, but going to have some work to do and trying to raise some funds. So if you want to support UNIL, uh, of course, you can get with them and offer to to help them out, which I know the bomber community especially is good at doing. Um, or you can buy some of his shirts. You can check out his uh, his social medias for that information. That uh, red flag was long. Oh, I understand. It, it was, I understand that. I understand the situation. It just killed all my cameras. I didn't get none yeah. of the last bit of the footage because my cameras all died. And yeah, was, that, that ended up being like a thirty minute, forty minute delay. Something yeah, maybe longer. I don't know, but I understand. Um, it maybe I maybe we should have like a backup plan or something so well, that way we can still go racing for, for those that don't know our emt crew and the ambulance has to be back in position for us to be able to continue yeah. so when they're dealing with an external situation that requires outside assistance we cannot we legally cannot race or be 
live and with, with any kind of on-track activity until they are in place. And they had a job to do. They had a human being to take care of. So um, I'm completely understanding of it. And they did a good job. They did exactly what they needed to do. Um, it just took a little while to get um, the, the transport vehicles uh, from our facility or from where they were coming from to our facility and then get them on their way so that we could continue. So just so people, you know, why did it take so long? You know, it's not like, oh my God, you know, Leroy was dying and we brought it. No, Leroy was banged up and he requested uh, transport. So we had to wait on transport. And then again, we cannot race without the EMTs in position inside of the facility. So that's why the, the delay was so long. Um, but luckily that was the major incident of the day and everybody's going to be all right from that. Um, one of the other incidents that was interesting, the two 14s, Brandon Monroe and, and Robert Keene got together, uh, two of your boys. Brand- did, did you see Brandon's comment? No, um, I didn't. One picture. Cause no. it, cause his, his thumbnail is, uh, the two cars spinning and everything. He goes, he goes, I told you I'm the only 14. That yeah. was the best comment. Cause Brandon, Brandon's probably the best guy out there to have. He's around. one of the nicest yeah, guys. He's, yeah. He's just out there having a blast. He's like, he says, I love his analogy on bombers. He's like, I'm out there running for my life. It's like Jurassic park running <laughs> from the uh, yeah. dinosaurs and everything. And that, I mean, and Bob, poor Bob, he didn't know what to do. So he came in, he thought he had a flat tire and everything. And all he did was when he, I don't, I, I think he panicked cause he saw faster cars coming up and he panicked and kind of just dove because he's new. Yeah. I didn't see the start of this one. Yeah. So, so he, uh, and w- he had some grass in his tire and I think it was just making a little bit of wobble. Yeah. Of, and we pulled the grass out of the tire and everything. He, he thought he was all messed. He was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't want to wreck the car again. He just, we just rebuilt it, but he did good. And it was a, it was a blast. Brandon coming down the other way. He didn't have no damage, but he drove up to us to let us know. Well, Brandon had a, a tough night, but he ended up with a good finish. Um, a- after that, the race was all about watching the breakouts. There's, you know, the big crash at the beginning, spin kind of in the middle, and then a couple cautions here and there, but nothing major. Um, when we got to the end, it looked like Larry Masters was going to get his first win. Uh, then he broke out. So it looked like Aaron Foy was going to get his first win, and he broke out. So, you know, it was kind of crazy there at the end. We had it was almost like a boxing match where you're waiting on final decision because like oh oh there was oh. no knockout, <laughs> so we were waiting on a decision because yeah. there was a breakout, and uh, CJ Creech ends up with the win, and I think that's so controversial because as people had pointed out, he apparently broke out four times, and so I and Bruce Gaten won. I had to talk to I had to tell a couple people, look, there's a, a human element to so this is it official so. It, yeah, it's official. Okay, nobody so, nobody yeah. protested. Nobody. Um, here's the thing. Once we leave the racetrack that night. Oh, no. CJ's going to protest. Well, can he why protest? would he protest himself? <laughs> somebody wants to. Somebody. If, yeah, if, that is true. If somebody I, felt like. I was like just thinking CJ would protest. CJ was in the wrong. Yeah, nobody yeah. protested it. So everybody's posting it on Facebook now. That does you no good. So that yeah. just makes you look petty. Um, CJ gets bombers. the win. It's it's all fine. Bruce Gaten finishes a runner-up position there. Uh, Joe Sunday, career best in third. Brandon Monroe comes home fourth. Lindsey Samian, fifth with a career best finish in her rookie season. Barry Aker, uh, another one of the, yeah, the Higdon Racing nice. Camp. Uh, he finished sixth. Michael Austin making his first race back in about three years. He finished seventh. Then you had Aaron Foy, Larry Masters, Eddie Evans, the top ten. Followed by Charles Friddle, who ran a hell of a race. Charles did great. 
He's the never up. give up guy because I mean he's just my goodness that car um, the other car was wrecked at New Smyrna and then he took it to Auburndale wrecked it and yep. he brought this car I told him I was like you don't give up do you he's like nope I love it no he's that that's the thing man he just he, he and, and he's had some things to say and and rightfully so um, but he came home 11th followed by Courtney Breeden making her return Robert Keen 13th 14th for Dustin Higdon Daniel Snyder Tim Chesney Caleb Jones Uniel Diaz and Leroy Crawford rounding out the field for the Bombers so quickly now. Um, any final thoughts on the Bombers before we move on? My one thing is, is uh, old Dwayne in the 12F with mm-hmm. the, I mean, practically perfect. Oh, he, like it was a 20 point or 24.098. Yeah, that's a great lap. Yeah, he, I mean, his he car was, like, was doing so well until yeah, yeah, that's the thing when you start going fast. Yep. <laughs> you start putting these cars to their test. It's like they say, uh, the car goes its best right before it blows up. Yeah, and, and it certainly he, did. he felt really bad. He's like, I'm sorry if anybody slipped on my oil out there because he was pouring a lot of oil out. But that's Yeah, that was, uh, that was one of those other cautions that I... I'm glad you brought that up. I kind of forgot that happened. So yeah. Caleb, did, did, he did a good job. It just... Uh, didn't have the end of the night. We had a lot of weird issues on pit road. There's all kinds of fluid all over pit road. The one uh, 602 blew up. Yeah. That was, anyways. That was wild. Um, So now moving on to the. Yeah, we're going to do the EMOD. We're going to go right down the list here. Um, (laughs) EMOD segment uh, brought to you by our good friend, Mr. Ken Copley. Um, He's come back on board to sponsor the EMOD. Beautiful car. Yeah, he had a brand new car out there, still working out the bugs on it. But yeah, it was good to see him out there. A little less orange, is my opinion. I'm not an orange fan. I love orange, (laughs) orange and black car looked great. Um, Ken wants to remind everybody: just be kind. You know, just just be kind. As I'm making fun of his orange, I'm not making fun. of Yeah, you weren't making fun. Yeah, no, I like him. He can't. We chatted a bunch. I told him about his uh, nose was bouncing a little bit, and then I noticed after the race they stiffened it up a little bit. Yep, and he had uh, Jeff White racing helping him out. He wasn't going to come because he it was just him, and he he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to get through the day. And and Jeff White racing extended a hand and said, "Hey." Uh, you come drive. We'll be your crew. We got you. We, we you know, we want to get you on track. So, uh, the, again, the teamwork and the camaraderie, it, it extends farther than just the bomber division. Um, but again, thank you to Ken Copley for coming on board. Um, appreciate his sponsors, uh, Smith construction, Wayne King racing. You'll get those back on the race car when it's fully complete. He didn't even have that thing decaled up yet. So just glad to have him on the racetrack. Um, interesting battle in the heat race between Jeff white and Jer- Jarrett Corpy. Jarrett got spun out. Jeffrey white, tapped out there's a little bit of sportsmanship there and those two would square up towards the end we had a green white checker flat tire too going after that who did jeff white his tire was going down oh in the heat yeah oh so that's yeah he had to buy new tires for the feature oh no shit so that that's why he didn't go anywhere after that oh okay so really it was a not only did he tap out but he had a self-inflicted penalty too Mm -hmm. with the tire going down Mm -hmm. (laughs) interesting i did not know that Um, that's why I like having you on here. You got that insight from the pits. Yeah. And, I'm, uh, I'm pretty positive because I know you said that they had a flat tire when they touched. So I'm pretty positive it was during that part of the race and everything. And I'm, don't quote me completely. I mean, I'm pretty sure he'll comment if anything was different. But I know he said he had to get new tires because when I went and put camera on, they were telling me about that. Well, it was he and Jarrett who would battle for the victory when the checkered flag flew. Jeffrey White would get his first new Smyrna victory to go along with a couple that he snagged over at Auburndale this year. Um, Jarrett Corpy would come home a season-best second place. Dylan LeBeau, hang on. He, man, he had problems with that car. It was sparking a lot. Um, he finished what in is third. What sparking? It was, the same, it was doing that the last race. Yeah, they're still having trouble with the, the right front uh, suspension. Oh, so it, just, okay. it seems like they get it buttoned up, and then as the race goes on, it just oh, kind of works so itself the, loose. So. Uh, 
eight is Jay Woldridge. Jay Woldridge, yes. That's the um, forty that are the one old that, super stock. Yeah, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I thought that was some. I thought that was a Pierce car or something at one. Time. Oh, I'll give you the story on that okay. car in a minute. Um, Curtis Robinson, our opening night winner, came back to finish fourth. Greg Dame, your buddy there, he finished uh, fifth with a good run. Jay Woldridge finished in sixth. Uh, we were just talking about him. He purchased that car from Randy Froelich. Randy Froelich has was a was one of the ones who was very vocal about the emods when they went away um, back a few years ago before Rusty brought them back, and he was ticked about it. And I remember Kim talking about Randy Froelich. That guy was so pissed off about the emods going away, but he ran one race. Then the emods came back. He did a whole bunch of testing. And yes, this is a Chad Pierce car. Chad Pierce raced his sportsman to a victory during Governor's Cup a couple of years ago. Uh, Randy had an emod and a sportsman. He's trying to get back out there. He would test and just never got comfortable and decided um, that he got what he needed at running the laps in the cars. And he sold the sportsman, which actually went to Timmy Walters, and he sold the emod to Jay. Mm-hmm. So Jay, in just his second race out, car was fast. That car is fast. Once Jay gets the handle on it, I think Jay's going to be interesting to watch because the car ran well, and you could just see as the race went on, it got looser and looser. He spun out, set up the the three-lap shootout to the finish. Um, unfortunately, when he spun out, John Compagnon kind of – same thing with Leroy. It's like John saw the car sitting there and then ended up spinning out and hitting the inside wall. <laughs> um, so that was tough. But, uh, yeah, Jay Roldridge had a good run, didn't get the finish he wanted in six. Ken Copley seventh and John Compagnon with the, uh, with the DNF in eighth. And that was our uh, our EMOD race there. Actually, you know, Kenny, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I actually enjoyed the EMODs this week. The opening night was a little bit disappointing, uh, but this was a, a nice little rebound for the EMOD division. I know. I'm pretty sure Art's still in the division. I just know he was out running. Yeah, he went out of town. Yeah, he yeah. won. Didn't he win? He won something. Some Did big he? race, the vintage. I think it was in Dillon, South yeah, Carolina, so, I um, Congratulations on that. And then uh, I, I think the EMODs has potential. And oh, the potential is definitely there. Yeah, I, and I know that there's some other mods being built. I don't know if they're big mods or e-mods, so we'll see. Well, and, and then if you look around the state, which we, we talk about the other racetracks on here quite often, 7, 8, 9, 10 cars is kind of the norm for e-mod slash a-mod competition. So we're the all- a-mods, that's the one thing. If any a-mod guys listen to this, Jeffrey White proves you can. all he did was change his shocks and his tires – in his, his gear. gear. Yep. And that's all he did. Yep. And he went over there and put has put the whooping. On, right. And that and I, and I made that point in Victory Lane like, "Hey, you've been winning with this exact car at Auburndale." And that's tough to go from Auburndale to here and a lot of guys don't do it, but you proved it can be done. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm tired of hearing that one track wonder crap." So, here we are proving it. So, um I yeah. guarantee you if he would have stayed in the truck, he was probably going to win cuz that one time I went there, he was banging up there in the front with the trucks oh yeah i yeah. just i i mean he's he's, he's working good, with the late model now he wants to move up the ladder and i yeah. respect that so uh hopefully we'll see him with the pro late later on in the year um mod mini is also in action six pack series race number three scheduled for 50 laps the drivers got together and made it a 30 lapper which i think was a good move um no surprise here sean bass got out front on lap three never looked back uh, but very good racing for third between David Russell and Ernie Winton. I know, you know, wasn't the car count we were hoping for. I, I just see there was a lot of hype at the beginning and it's dwindling. And we were missing Todd Latour, Brad Blanton, um, 
Todd told Hot, you the one car. Uh, he sold his the uh, Dixon. I believe. Dixon, yeah, yeah. Dixon selling his. So we were yeah. missing a couple of hot shoes. Um, but I, I still think this was the most entertaining of the six pack races so far. So it's not all about car count. Great battle for third. Seeing Ernie Winton chase down and finally get around David Russell was was fun to watch. That that the race during Speed Weeks. I'm sorry, that was boring. I got bored with that. Um, I was actually more focused on what was going on in Daytona on the on the screens next to me versus uh, what was going on on the racetrack. I'll, I'll admit that. Uh, not knocking the division. It's just a matter of fact. Be that race was what not you good. say on the podcast. L- listen, uh, if, there, if the action was as interesting as it was Saturday night, it would have been a different story. But Saturday's race was the best one. Um, I don't know if Sean Bass was toying with the field, but it seemed like this was the closest that the field ran with him, even though he got in clean air and stormed away early. I believe the same thing. I think we have yet to really see. I mean, his qualifying lap, we kind of seen. What, yeah. We've seen what the car can do, but I think he's just toying with him. Honestly, I, I have yet to really, I was going to say something to him, but he, when he's in the car focused and everything, I didn't really say nothing, but I was like, start in the back. I just think he needs to start in the back and just, I, I mean, maybe he don't want to risk wrecking the car because it can get a little hairy, but... Maybe. I feel like if he started in the back, he would have been in the lead by lap six. So well, at least you get six laps of oh oh here he comes this oh there he goes so yeah it's better see, than I, I'm better a, than lap two what what did we get lap two uh, three took three. the lead oh. that's why I'm not a fan of we can only invert half the field well when most of the fields are only six to eight cars it kind of makes the invert pointless but. Um, I feel like draw a number, and if there's six cars in the field and the number's eight, invert them all. I used to love when Shane would start in the back or a lap down. Half Shane a lap used down. to start uh, at the pit gate because he was just getting into the racetrack when they were starting the race, and he would roll in off turn number four as the race was going on and still win the damn thing. Yeah. So. Uh, um, but, yeah, Sean Bass, uh, winner of the Mod Mini race. He's three for three. Um, still haven't seen if Nick Cummins can beat him, though. Love to get Nick over here for a race. I would love to see Tyler Simpson get his car would, running. Yeah, Tyler Simpson getting the thing running would be nice. Uh, Sean Bass, the winner. John DeGeorge did a great job in second place. Ernie Winton, third. David Russell, fourth. Aaron Jackson, fifth. Rex Christensen, Mark Brote, and Tyler Simpson with the DNS. And then the other division in action, 602 Modifieds. Uh, seven of them showed up. Kurt Hatton blew up on pit road before the race. Thankfully, he didn't blow up on the track and put a bunch of oil down. That would have been... That was a head gasket. So head was, gasket. Yeah, it was just a lot of fluid. Yeah, that was, yeah. It was big, big smoke show on pit road. Oh for yeah, sure. and then he started backing up, and we're like, whoa, whoa! Somebody was come pulling in the division before. I think it might have been a bomber was pulling because he couldn't see nothing. So right, but six oh twos were six oh twos, and I I think they had a good race. I mean, it was one it was of the fine. closest, yeah, the one of the closest finishes we've had in a long time yeah it, the finish made it made the race i mean ricky moxley looked like he had the race won and then here comes christopher hatton out of, almost out of nowhere that was a crazy end of that race i love that ricky moxley is racing i guess that's his tour mod he just probably put a 602 in it that so. was the um that was the same 33 from speed weeks oh, yeah. the gary i'm, Fountain I'm car. thinking yeah now um, joe yeah. winchell raced it yeah. a time or two um i think ricky was in it maybe a race or two but yeah ricky uh towed it out and uh, was a good addition to the field and thought thought he was going to get his – I mean, Ricky's won a whole bunch of stuff out there. You know, I like Ricky Moxley. Every time nice we guy. see each Great other, guy. he always gives me a fist bump, and he's good people. It's good to have them out there 
at New Smyrna. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is going to be fun to go talk to Ricky and say, hey, you got your first win. I remember a couple of years ago, I was like, hey, man, you got your first uh, World Series modified win. Congratulations. And he goes, well, no, this is my second. And I'm like, well, I guess uh, I'm like, well, I guess my source missed a race or two. But uh, anyways, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Then two days later, he's like, Ryan, you know, I looked over my stuff and you're right. That was my first open. So he's an honest Honest to goodness, good guy in the pits. Um, and I was looking forward to talking to him. No offense to Christopher Hatton. I like talking to Christopher Hatton as well. The, the Hattons are the reason the 602s exist. But um, Christopher Hatton just came out of turn number three and four. There's a lap car in the way that really held up Ricky Moxley to allow this to happen. But that photo finish, man, that was that was awesome. And that gave the fans that stuck around past the two extra distance races, uh, you know, a little like, whew, glad we stuck around from that. That finish was great. Uh, it's good to see a finish like that happen in a division that's still building. And I know there are a few more cars out there. I know Ron uh, Dell has his car out yeah, there. He was just having, I, I understand he's just had some medical issues and everything. And he was still out there plugging away, trying to get the uh, car going. And it's always good to see that, that he still has that passion. So there are a few cars out there still left to build. And I know Greg Dame, he's, uh, really wanting to get a 602 so yeah people get a hold of uh, him for a 602 yeah he's saying uh, greg actually is saying that he's going to be in both the emod and ground pounder races coming week um just got a message from him so we'll oh, speak of we'll schedule yeah. appropriately there i saw a message come through and it was him so yeah put the one race first and one one race last yeah we'll we'll make sure he gets taken care of um but yeah, man, I, I'm telling you on paper, yeah, we, we had talked about it like, oh man, this is gonna be it's gonna be maybe not the most exciting night, but it ended up being a fine night. I mean, plenty to talk about. I mean, we just went for good chunk of time here recapping the race we've talked about an hour it's been about an hour but um i believe it was a good evening of racing it's always a good evening of racing even if it's lackluster absolutely but it turned out to be great racing i think the breakout rule might be not some it's controversial yeah some people's cup of tea but i think it made for great racing it's making good talking we're able to have a good conversation about yep. it. I mean, half this yep. podcast is about the breakout rule. Which yeah. I'm sure everybody expected. And that's yeah. why, you know, I'm, I thought about burying it in the middle to make everybody listen. But no, I'm, I want to get it out there and give people what they want. So I'm eager to see what some people's comments. I know CJ, I love you, CJ. He'll probably be like, well, you say that about me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He's, you know. <laughs> but that just shows that they're listening. That's, that's the, the thing. The best part about CJ is, hey, me and him, we don't have to agree on everything. And we don't. Like, he wants a mini stock class. And I, I think it's pointless. Um, got a mini stock class. Yeah. Uh, but me and him, we can always, we're always friendly. And and that's how it should be. We don't have to agree on everything, but we can always just, we're all there for the same thing. And we can all get along. We so, all have fun at yeah, the end that's of the it. day. And uh, dude, I had, a, I had such a fun night on Sunday. I had a blast. An absolute blast. Happy to be there. Glad to be back at New Smyrna. We are off this weekend for Easter. Um, after that though, bomber B 30, Kenny, you're going to be racing in that race. I know you registered and yeah, the turtle, we got the turtle ready. It's just, I got to put some tires on it and get a paint job on it. And it's ready. I want to thank Rick Gaither, Gaither built Spears brothers, motorsports and Steven Metz, Higdon, all everybody packed Paul, Paul wall. Thank them all these guys for helping me get to a point where I'm going to be out there in my own car. I've drove a few cars out there and it's always different when you're in somebody else's car because you're just like, don't mess up. Don't wreck their car. Don't mess up. Cause they tell you 
don't wreck my car. They're yeah. like, oh, you know how much it's going to cost when you wreck the car, right? I'm like, yeah. But now I know it's my car. If I wreck the car, then I got to fix my own car. But I'm going to have fun. I'm excited. I'm excited to see. It's been a long time coming, long build. I mean, not really. I mean, it's not been that long. But and to me, it's been a long time coming. And we'll see what happens. I'm really excited about it. Like I said, I registered and see what happens. Yeah, and that Bomber B30, I mean, we're, we're talking about the people that we think are going to be there for that race. There's, if everybody that we talked about shows up, that's like 16 cars. So there yeah. should be anywhere from like 10 to 18 cars. Should I be a good guarantee field. you we'll have some stragglers come. And, good. Because I've told people, you can race. You can race your tires. If you get top three, you're probably not going to win the top three. But you're still going to get some money to go home. Just come race the big track. I just come have fun, man. Yeah. I feel that you'll have a blast. And if you win, you still got the bragging rights of winning. You're still going to get a picture because when you get to the victory lane, they're going to, I mean, everybody's going to complain, but they still got to go get the pictures taken and then go to tech. Right. Shed. Right. So you still got a picture. So I'm there for the pictures, but yeah, that, that 30 lapper. Uh, and again, they're, all, they're, I know only doing 30, but that's because that's right where that's the sweet spot with the tires. So 30 laps in those cars. I mean, the Crown Vicks are going to be screaming. uh, Like I said, to help me, Uh just listen, just just listen. When you, when you hear the qualifying, that's where you're really going to hear it because they're going to be one at a time out there. Mm -hmm. And just listen, when it's coming down straight away, it's going to go, help me (laughs) when it goes in the corner. And now you'll, you'll never unhear it. Yes. And Rick's going to get a black kick from hearing that again because he, he, loves that stuff but no i'm really excited i mean i think that's gonna be a good weekend of racing again the bombers always seem to bring a good crowd Mm -hmm. just with the bomber a's and the bomber b's it's i think that they're the grassroots premier division for new smyrna yeah you got your super late mods we got our tour mods yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but this is where it but all this really is, uh, this de- is where you can like i've heard you say it many a times is you can sit in the stands and be like oh look at those guys and then the next week you, you can, can be, be that one guy. of those guys yeah. exactly and that's why i put the emphasis on those guys and people are like oh all you run is bombers well they're the ones that show up and put on a hell of a show so they deserve some love and they're gonna get some 30 laps coming up in two weeks april 15th uh, they'll be joined by the E-Mods once again, uh, LKQ Superstocks for the first time, and Ground Pounders. That is the what's Super on the Stocks, card. that's going to be... Uh, be fun as always. I, I think that's going to be a good race because everybody's chopping at the bit there, and I know that uh, some newcomers, not newcomers, but new cars are going to be coming out there, some fast ones, so that's going to be exciting. It'll be fun. So after the Easter break, we'll be back with uh, some more short track action. We'll have plenty to talk about then. Um, we're going to take a short break here. On the other side, we'll talk some NASCAR. And then, of course, we have uh, updated power rankings coming up for you. We're going to talk a little bit about the SRL uh, races, one for the sports and one for the superlates that went down in Mobile this weekend. Plus, um, we have our, our fantasy segment there to wrap up the show. So all of that coming up here after we thank our sponsors. So I want to take a moment here to thank our sponsors, including American Auto. Uh, big thank you to EJ Wilcox. I'm one of the first sponsors of this show. Um, if you need anything done, um, of course, you can see EJ at the racetrack. You can talk to him there. Um, but uh, you, you can head to the shop, and they will take care of anything you need, tires, uh, auto repairs. They will get you taken care of. We also thank DeBerry Paint and Body for coming on board. Um, you know, if you get a big wreck, American Auto can get you the parts you need, and then DeBerry Paint and Body 
they can make sure that your car is looking good. So if you need anything painted or body work done, DeBerry Paint and Body, stop by there and they will take care of you there as well. Also think 124 Welding and Fab. Of course, that's Ron Alessandro. I was hoping to see him out there with the 602 mods. I'm pretty sure he, he will be out there soon. Uh, does great metal work and welding. So if you need anything like that done, you can check out his Etsy store as well and buy some of his metal workings. And we thank Ron for supporting the show. Also, we thank SRQ Taxes. It is tax season. If you still need your taxes done, which I know many of you do, um, get with Steve from SRQ Taxes, Steve Darling, the announcer over at Auburndale. He will take care of you. He has been burning the midnight oil. And, um, you know, hey, something we all got to get done. Might as well um, get it done by one of our very own in the community here, SRQ Taxes, the official tax partner of the Racing with Ryan podcast. I also thank Andy Morrison, been a huge supporter of racing in general, now the Quarter Midget Kids and this podcast. So Andy would never give up. We thank you, good sir. Always a pleasure to always a pleasure to see you at the racetrack. And uh, he's got a big race he's trying to get planned, so that should be pretty fun here later on down the road. So Andy, thank you for your support. Also, got to thank Ken Copley for coming back on board, sponsoring the EMOD segment of this show, and he'll be doing all the EMOD races going forward. So Ken, thank you very much for your support. And Doug Sammy coming back on board with Do All Lawn and Tree Service. If you need any tree service done, I'm telling you, hurricane season, it'll be here before you know it. We're probably going to have some storms. It might be a good idea to get the trees taken care of now so you don't have to get them taken off your property when they fall on your house. So get with Doug Sammy and Do All Lawn and Tree. He'll get you taken care of. And uh, again, thank you to all of our sponsors and our listeners as well. And now we'll get back to the show. All right, welcome back to the show. Of course, our main focus this weekend was on the action over at the New Smyrna Speedway, and there was plenty to talk about. Uh, but we did have some NASCAR racing in Richmond. Of course, the Cup Series was there for their first of two visits. Um, before we get into that, though, Kenny, did you see the truck race at Texas? I didn't. Or some of the highlights? I didn't watch much of the truck race, but I did hear that it was uh, pretty eventful. Man, some wicked wrecks in there. Dean Thompson got destroyed by a couple of trucks on the front stretch, and then... Looks like Nick Sanchez might be getting his first win. And uh, he made a big side draft on Zane Smith on the white flag and then came down in front of Carson Josevar. Josevar didn't lift, and Sanchez went around, and Josevar got his first win. I stayed uh, I, When I got home from New Smyrna, I stayed up and watched the Xfinity race, which was a fine race. Chandler Smith got his first win, and then I watched the truck race, and I saw that the recording was three hours and 39 minutes long. Oof. And I was like, Ooh, something must have happened. And then when the big wreck happened, I was like, oh, oh, there it is. So definitely uh, some wild racing on Saturday while we were at the racetrack. But uh, congratulations to Chandler Smith and Carson Hosovar for getting their first career wins. So naturally, that means that the cup winner would be somebody who's won 100 million times. But uh, what do you think? I, I, I know you didn't, you've been working on your race car. You didn't no. sit and watch live, but I know you've, you've listened to some podcasts and, um, You've watched some highlights and stuff. What was your takeaway, your general takeaway from Richmond this weekend? Mm, I It looked boring to me. Oh, did I, it? Yeah, like the highlight reel. I mean, it had its moments and everything. There was some good stuff, but it just seemed like a one-groove track. It seemed to me, seemed like the high lane. What was it? The high lane was going pretty good on this one. Honestly, what, what I liked about this race was there was comers and goers. It wasn't the same people up near the front. Like... And you had to use strategy because tires had a lot of fall off. Like there was like a second fall off in like three or four laps. It was insane. 
Um, to me, Richmond hasn't been the most exciting track lately, but when you have the tire fall off and then you have strategy, that makes the race very entertaining because um, even though I'm not a big fan of who won the race, uh, it the whole thing was a you, you just didn't know who was going to win the race. Different people won all the stages. There's comers and goers, like I said. Uh, it wasn't clear who was going to win the race until about the last 10 laps. So I thought maybe William Byron was going to win, but oh, yeah, he got taken he, out. Yeah, he got smashed. I mean, there was a lot of a lot of uh, bumper using in this race. I mean, right off the get go, I mean, you seen old uh, Denny, Denny. Hamlin. <laughs> Even in his podcast, he was talking about like, oops, my bad. That was my fault. So it's it's racing. You're going to have things like that happen when you're at the elite level as he is. He's going to drive hard and he's going to get back to where he needs to be. And it sometimes it struggles, suffers for the smaller guy. Yeah. And, you know, Denny was, man, he had a roller coaster of a day. He got involved in the wreck with J.J. Yaley. They were three wide and then they were actually... First time ever, I think Fox has used an in-car camera to actually show a live wreck. I couldn't believe it. Um, he got into Yaley and wrecked him, and Yaley's like, oh, from a guy that's preaching respect, that wasn't very respectful. Um, he won a stage, too, didn't Yeah, he? and then Denny came out and won stage two after William Byron won uh, stage one. William Byron already has 15 playoff points for the championship. William Byron is on a roll. He I, is, and he is. I mean, he's on a roll when, even when he gets a super late model. At New Smyrna. You know, Clint Boyer was saying, like, oh, he's going to win six to eight times. Eh, he might win four or five. Uh, mm, I, but I, think I guarantee be, you he's going to be in the top four. I, you I think, think the you top think he goes four, all the way to Phoenix? I think top four. I guarantee you the top eight. Oh, yeah. He'll be in the top eight for yeah. sure with 15 playoff points already. Yeah. He's bound to win another couple of races before the uh, championship starts. He could possibly win the championship. He the could. Season championship. He very well could. Yeah. Uh, Hendrick got all their points back from Yeah, the, I did see that. Yeah. Uh, and I know they were talking about who's the other team that... Colleague. Yeah. Yeah, they still they got don't, the same if penalty. They, if they don't get their points back, this is like the biggest, like, kick in the ass for them. Yeah. Because the biggest team... The points hurt more than the money. Yes, money, I agree. $400,000 for that Hendrick's, team. Yeah. That's $40,000. Yeah, it's a to penny Colleague, in the bucket. Is four hundred thousand, four hundred million, practically to them. You know, right? I, I, man, when the penalties came out for Hendrick, I thought they were just because uh, again, you cannot. Honestly, if Hendrick had tried to put these louvers in the car and they didn't fit, they should have went to NASCAR and said, "Hey, watch, we're putting these in and we can't close our hood. What can we do about it?" Instead, they did what they did, and you know they what? They knew what they were doing. Yeah, and honestly, if it was a defect then they should have went through the proper channel say hey we have a defect and then if they didn't hear anything they should have probably said hey we probably shouldn't use these louvers if we had to quote unquote modify them we shouldn't have used them and then maybe send them back or say hey nascar look our hood won't close what should we do nascar should have been like put new louvers in there should have been that chain of communication so the lack of communication from nascar from what i hear is kind of eh but Hendrick getting their points back, I don't know. It was kind of fun watching them have to claw their way back in. I mean, Kyle Larson, of course, won this weekend. He would have been in the playoffs. William Byron has two wins. Alex Bowman keeps pointing his way closer to the top 16 anyways, and Chase Elliott's likely to win a race when he comes back. They all would have made the playoffs. It would have been fine. Chase but. Elliott's practically in the playoffs regardless, isn't he? Because he got the waiver. 
Well, he's got a waiver, but he still would have to win. He'd oh. have to get a win to qualify. He's not going to point his way in. Oh, okay. Because he's going to miss too many like races. Guaranteed. No, the playoff waiver means he's still playoff eligible if he oh, were to otherwise okay. qualify, but he still does have to qualify. So he's going to need to win a race, which I feel like he will. He'll have, you know, 12, 13 opportunities I mean, to do so. Didn't his car get second? <laughs> yeah, with, with Josh <laughs> so, Berry. Yeah, right, and that's, right. I mean, that's Josh Berry. I mean, yep. Josh Berry's a new car. Like five in starts. Car. Yeah, yeah, so it shows that. You put a Chase Elliott in that car, it probably would have been winning this race. It'll do just fine. Yep. But yeah, uh, honestly, one of my favorite Richmond races in a long time. I really enjoyed the strategy. I enjoyed the comers and goers. Uh, the race was not predictable at all. I mean, for a while, it looked like so-and-so was going to win. It looked like Hamlin, who was my overall fantasy pick to win. And uh, the Florida announcer group that I'm in, you know, everyone's like, you're sure you don't want to change your pick? And I'm like, nope, I got a good feeling. And I had a great feeling until about lap 375. Um, we had Steven over to watch the race and he watches the fantasy stuff like a hawk. At you're, one point, I'm winning. You're winning. Uh huh. <laughs> at one point, he goes, You have your five drivers running one, two, three, four, five, and you've made all the head to head picks correctly. You have a perfect score. And I'm like, Steven, it's only lap 300, buddy. And sure enough, by the time, uh, we'll cover this in the, the fantasy segment at the end, but by the time the checkered flag flew, I was like eighth because my William Byron wrecked, Denny Hamlin screwed himself, stepped on his dink. Um, just, it, it don't matter what's happening in the lap 300. It all matters about the end. Um, we talked about the Denny Hamlin, J.J. Yaley incident. Uh, there was another incident between Ryan Blaney and Josh Berry. Josh Berry spun out and still finished second. What do you um, think about the uh, pit lane uh, face plant of crew members? Trying oh, <laughs> trying to get the tires? Yeah, that screwed up Bubba Wallace's day. No, that was the uh, other one was, uh, I think it was Ryan Blaney's crewman. They got the uh, wedge bar stuck Oh, in. yeah, they yeah, left the wedge they, bar. Yeah, yep. So Bubba's, go- <laughs> Bubba's guy fell over the wall trying to get a tire. <laughs> Ryan Blaney's guys left the wedge wrench in. They, and then, hit, they hit hard. They were trying they so hard to get out yeah, of Yeah, and they both were rolling <laughs> behind the car. Yeah, I forgot about that. And then you had uh, Kyle Larson hit somebody on pit road. Yeah, still won the I, that's, what, that's what I was seeing in the highlight. They, Kyle Larson, he smashed him in the mm. pit road and still won the race. That just shows you the durability of this car. It seems like this car can take a little bit more punch. As long as you don't knock the tow link out, it like it doesn't the body doesn't really deform especially around the fenders so they don't cut the tires anymore which is a good thing um really like the the bodies hold up good it's the suspension with the independent rear suspension especially with the with the tow links i think that's the weakest part of the car so as long as you don't knock a tow link off you're good to go i did hear some uh grumbling about uh ross chastain doing ross chastain things he didn't do race. anything <laughs> ross didn't do anything he he we're at the end of the race so he he dove out of line and then Christopher Bell readjusted and he's the one that got into William Byron at lap 381. So about 20 to go, 19 to go. Um, this was the the final major incident of the day that took out William Byron's chance to have a good race, but Ross didn't do anything wrong there. He's going for restarts are where you get all your track position. As, as you've heard on DBC, once you get back there, it's hard to, hard to pass because of the arrow stuff. So he's trying to get everything he could and Christopher Bell readjusted his line and he, got into William Byron. Ross Chastain didn't touch anybody. Yeah, but you know Ross got his haters. Yeah. If Ross touches anybody. If Ross is near somebody. If he yeah, if he breathes on you, it's Ross did this. Oh Ross Chastain the I don't give a fuck tour is yeah. back in session. So but I, I like I said I watched the highlight of it because I was work working on my car and plus the one thing that sucks now is it's off of Fox. So I wish they would just put the race in on basic T. I think they would get a better. Yeah, it's all money, though. It's all money. Oh, I know. But 
Um, yeah, the, I, I feel like the races that are on. Who was your uh, like biggest? I'm trying to think of the word like expected to be better, but didn't. Oh, so like which driver that finished kind of down the field? Yeah, who um, do you think should have been up there and just had a shit night? Oh, Denny Hamlin. Yeah, Dumbass yeah. screwed himself. Well, that's Denny Hamlin doing Denny Hamlin. Yeah. I thought Truex kind of had <sighs> a little heat. That's Truex's track, too. Yeah, Truex led for a good portion I, of the I race. Think and I think he's got a black cloud over him, and I hope that it doesn't push him to want to quit. Yeah, he led uh, 43 laps towards the end of the race, and until the caution came out from Tyler Reddick, he had the race in hand, and then pit stops happened. He ran out of tires and slid through the field, didn't even get a top 10. Uh, Kyle Larson won this race by winning the race off pit road and then hanging off over the, the final couple of restarts to get the win. So, um, honestly, my the biggest surprise is obviously Josh Berry, not because I don't feel like he's talented, but it's only like his fourth or fifth start in one of these cars. And he's in substitution duty. So it's not like he was prepared for this. He's in so a great speak. car too. So oh, it is a great car. That, that helps a lot. That it can make any driver yes. look like a superstar if you got a car and a team behind you that's prepared. That is a great point. So Josh Berry gets second. Uh Michael McDowell sixth. Ty Gibbs ninth. So there were some surprises up in the top ten and fourteenth. But yeah, he man, he just he ran like fourteenth the entire day too. He led the first lap and then slipped backwards, uh, qualifying right now. Chandler Smith in the uh, 13? Yes, Chandler yeah, Smith. Uh, wasn't that one of his first? Like, yeah, his first official cup start. Yep. Yep, so he finished 17th, so not bad, ahead of Ryan Priest, Harrison Burton. Uh, Denny Hamlin, 20th, like we mentioned. Bubba Wallace, another bad day in 22nd. William Byron, 24th, after getting wrecked. Ryan Blaney just, man, he killed himself in 26th, so maybe that's the biggest surprise. Blaney should have been a top-10 car. I think that uh, Pitt... Uh, All that pit, the pit music cues yeah, killed him. Yep. Yeah, he probably had to come through into a stop and go or a drive through. And if that's under green, that uh, was that under green or was that under? Yes, cautions? it was under green. I think he had like two green flag penalties he had to serve. So hmm. tough night there for Mr. Ryan Blaney. Um, I seen Stenthouse is way down there too. Yeah, Stenthouse hit the wall early and uh, went to the garage for a while. Noah Gregson, I know he blew up, didn't he? Uh, no, he, he like had a tire go down and hit the wall and actually uh, finished dead last. Oh yeah. So. It was just smoking cause of the tire. That's what it was. Yeah. He hit the wall on lap 307. So, yeah. um, no good race here at Richmond. Probably one of the best ones we've seen 22 different lead changes in this event. Uh, with that said, Kenny, as always on the show, I like to score the races, uh, to see how they come in last week. We scored a 7.6 at Coda. Um, and I'll ask you again, like I did last week, what do you think this one scored on a scale of 10? Um, I'm going to give it about a 7.1. 7.1? Yeah. All right, let me break it down for you. Uh, I gave the racing an 8. I mean, the, the low downforce seemed to work way better. So this is the new downforce package? Yeah, the, they used the, the same. Short track. Short track package yeah. they used at Phoenix and Coda. Oh, okay. So they used it here at Richmond. And, well, you know, cars weren't spinning out left and right, but it One was still. One thing before I forget about yes. it, did you hear the uh, comment uh, Clint Boyer talked about? He likes a narrow, long, narrow pit. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. The, the DBC couldn't get off of that subject today. But it just God. hit my head, and I was like, I had, I had to talk about that. Yep. It's hilarious. But anyways. Uh, racing, I gave an 8. Excitement, a 7. I mean, it was clear there with about 15 to go that Kyle Larson was well, going to Well, Richmond's the always known for long green runs. Yeah. It's not a... But uh, listen, to get a 7 on excitement is pretty good. Yeah. And I, I've been grading tough. Like, I'm not just giving every race a 10, so... Yeah. 
Uh, I gave it a seven on excitement. The finish I gave a six just because we had a bunch of uh, a bunch of stack ups late, a bunch of restarts, and the lead never really was in jeopardy. So it just kind of the end just kind of ran itself out. And Kyle Larson won. Um, lead changes ten. Um, 20 plus on a short track now gets you a 10 and they got 22. So that's going to help the score quite a bit there. Enjoyment overall an eight. I really, like I said, I enjoyed the race. Uh, it was, you know, long 400 lap race. Wasn't really bored during it and really just enjoyed it. So I give it an eight overall there with the enjoyment and the total score this week, a 7.8. So that is one of the highest races of the season since Daytona. So that's going to bump up the overall average. Yes, the overall average. Did I take a picture of that? I should have. I probably forgot. Mm-hmm. Um, I did calculate that. I think it's at like a 7.02. <laughs> yes, 7.02. I didn't take a picture, but I remember now because I had to I had to go tell Excel that I want two decimal places, not an <laughs> infinite, uh, infinite amount. Yeah. Um, yeah, 7.02 is where we're at. So 7.02 overall out of 10. Not bad. Um, this Richmond race better than the two last year, but still overall, I feel like the magic from last year with the new car, with the excitement around NASCAR, I feel like some of that's worn off, but still a good season. I mean, six winners in seven races. Uh, both of us have stated the last couple of weeks, we think there's only going to be 12 or 13 winners and we're about halfway there. No, uh, I'm, we might be a little, you think low. we're off. Yeah. I think we might be low with the way it's going. Cause who do you think is going to win next week? I I think Bristol Dirt. Yeah, I mean it's on Sunday night. Sunday night, Easter Easter evening. Yes. So that means I can't watch it because I got to work in the morning. Yeah, it'll be like an eight o'clock start. So, <sighs> is it on Fox? I think it's on Fox. Yeah, it probably is because it's Bristol Dirt. I just need to give you my TV login. You can go back and watch all the races. Yeah, I usually end up watching them on uh, YouTube mm-hmm. and stuff. So, but I I. I think NASCAR is doing good. I think the dirt racing maybe should stop. I don't think you're those not cars, a big fan of it. Those cars aren't dirt cars. No, they're not. And, they're and road I, course cars. I'm okay with it once, maybe twice a year. It not Bristol, be, Eldora. I, I wish they. Yeah, we yeah. talk to Tony yes. now. Yeah. NASCAR talks yeah. to Tony now. Let's get off of this dirt at Bristol. It, yeah. Even the super late model. I mean, I know I'm kind of hashing the same stuff that DBC was, but it's the super late models aren't even. Everything at Bristol Dirt wasn't. Bristol is good as Bristol. Right. On the concrete. Yeah, we don't need dirt. Yeah. My biggest complaint about the dirt race is the race is too short. It's only 250 laps. And by the time you do the stages and all that stuff, I feel like... Stages suck. I feel like... No, I like the stages. (laughs) Um, I like scoring points throughout the race. Um, But no, I just... The race is too short. No cup race should ever be, especially on a short track, should be below 300 laps. I mean, I get it. Like, there's no live pit stops, so they've cut the race to where they can run the stages and have the stages be the pit stops. I get that aspect. But just, I mean, to say you can't come off dirt and go on the the concrete to pit, that's just a cop-out. This one should be 400 laps, and sue me if you don't like it. 125 laps is the stage. And, um, you know, 150 there at the end, if I did that math correctly. <laughs> if I didn't, well, sue me. We should just do the Food City 500 on dirt. There you go. I mean, to me, the, the race, it's it's too short. Like, it's a spectacle. A lot of people spend a lot of money to go, and then it happens, and it's over before you know it. That's my only complaint. Um, I don't mind the novelty of it because it mixes things up. I just wish there was the, – the trucks, 
are now down to one dirt race, only at Bristol Dirt. They're not going back to Knoxville. They're, if you're going to have to prepare cars for dirt, there should be at least two races. They should just do, if they want to do a NASCAR, remember the prelude to the dream? Yes. Bring that back. If we want dirt in NASCAR, put them in dirt cars because dirt cars are, that's not, NASCAR is not a dirt car. Yeah, NASCAR back in the day was a dirt car, but that was just a stock. That's just because we've raced yeah. whatever the hell we could get yeah. our hands on. But now NASCAR is an asphalt track, and I understand they're trying to broaden out. They're trying, what I think NASCAR was trying to do is trying to jump on that dirt hype mm-hmm. because dirt is so huge right now. Well, for, for a long time, Kenny, NASCAR got stagnant. And then they had an opportunity because NASCAR had more ownerships of the track. So where they were actually able to be flexible with what they were able to do. And they took some swings. And when you take some swings, for some it's going to be a miss and for others it'll be a home run. And you know this, just like with any rule or any decision New Smyrna makes, we can't please everybody. And you're neither can NASCAR. Please, you're never going to please everybody. If no. you're pleasing everybody, then you're doing something wrong. <laughs> if you're pleasing everybody, you're catering to everybody. Yeah. And then that has its own problems. You can't cater to anybody. You have to do what's in your best interest. And what's in your best interest might not be in my best interest. Like, I think I think the dirt thing at Bristol is cool. And you're kind of like, meh, forget it. I'd rather see it on the concrete. The first race was cool. I like that. It's just now we're like. Now it's not the spectacle is yeah, gone for you. It's it's. I'd rather see it on the concrete than see it on dirt. And there, it's just that's a lot of money too. Oh, yeah. I don't think I don't think they're recouping that much the money. Well, back. I feel like the race being on Easter evening is not helping their no, sales because people are fam- that's family. Yeah, you're not. You're not. It's not like christmas time when you got football on or something that's different because that's part of christmas's i I think christmas there should be no sports thanksgiving put the sports on because we all need something to well my my family when i growing up was we had the football game over in the corner going on and all the families hanging out and every now and then you'd walk over and be like ah go crazy and stuff my family was never a huge football fans or anything but i think it, that's the prime time because everybody's home so you gotta have to have sports when people are home but but do you feel like everybody's sitting down and trying to eat their easter ham and not thinking about bristol no they ain't doing that they're trying to uh not puke from eating eggs all day <laughs> <laughs> Oof. so usually it's the other end that i'm worried about for me and that you know anyway yeah. um i will be driving home from uh richmond you're driving home yeah, we're flying up and driving home. Oh, like, okay. um, got a flight up there, but I'm driving home with mom. So, so oh, it's a one. Okay. It's, oh, yeah, okay. I see. Mom had to leave. You know, with it being my sister's wedding, my mom uh, left early mm-hmm. to go help her with it with all last minute preparations. I, you know, didn't have the same amount of time to take off. Um, and dudes don't do weddings. We just show up. <laughs> oh no! Listen, I, I'm there to support my sister <laughs> yes. first and foremost. It's all about her. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but uh, no, I'm catching a. A red eye flight on Wednesday morning to get up there, and then we're all driving home together. So mom actually stopped by, picked up a bunch of stuff. Like I don't, I've already packed. Everything's already up, ready, ready up there. So um, I saved you a bunch of hassle in the airport. It did. You're just gonna pack a diaper bag and some basic things, and we're on our way. So um, that is why this show is up early. Normally we get the show up on you know Thursday evening uh, to let everything marinate and settle. Uh, but this this one's going to get up a little bit sooner. I'm going to get it up before I go to bed 
for my my nap before the flight. But uh, yeah, man, uh, like I said, good race at Richmond. I, I always enjoy the NASCAR stuff, even when the races suck. It's just for me, I, I think a lot of people give it too much hate because it's not your Saturday night short track. It's more corporate. So some don't like that. They've made their decisions that they've made that have pissed some people off. But uh, looking forward to the Bristol dirt race. Off the top of your head, who is your pick for this Sunday night? It's kind of tough because it's a whole different element. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Busch seems to be good on it, so I I think he's due again. I think this could be maybe his next race to win. I, I think that's a good pick because remember who was in the eight last year, Tyler Reddick, yeah. almost won the thing, was leading until he got dumped in the last corner, then Kyle Busch won. And Kyle so. Busch is actually good on dirt. He's okay. Yeah, yeah. he's got some... experience yeah so and then i mean all your shoe-ins with i mean i know we got another shoe-in is uh davenport i i don't think he's gonna do good no i think he'll be 20th yeah he's Um, gonna be like kimmy reichen and all them he's gonna show up and he's gonna be like he'll be lost he'll be like why is it not turning because i guarantee he's gonna go in there and be like drive it like a late model car and it's gonna not turn he's gonna because that was the one thing. They never really get on the right tire like they do in an actual dirt car because the suspension's so much stiffer mm-hmm. in a NASCAR. So that's that's my biggest gripe is this car is not – I don't even – Like dirt cars are built for dirt. Yeah, These are dirt not. cars are built to turn in dirt. When you – like dirt, you turn right to turn left. Yep. Asphalt, you turn left to turn left. <laughs> <laughs> so – if you're turning right on asphalt, you, you, you're, you're gonna in trouble. End, yeah, you're going to end up like they did Saturday. So it's just, I think they need to stick to asphalt racing. Let's have a novelty of the prelude to dirt, do something like that. So would that. you rather just NASCAR have their own dirt car series? That's fine. We can have another series. Fine. I don't care. <laughs> All the series. Yes. Yeah, I mean, look at the Hunt in the Front got a series. I'm going to make, I'm going to make a turning left motorsports series. Watch. I, I, I'm going to be the next hunt to front. Give me a couple years. And you're working on it. You're, work, yeah, you're working I'm to not, get there. I'm not that dedicated to it. That's the hardest part is like. Well, you've, you've got 153 ventures going on. Oh, yeah. Once, I so. know. And like you probably noticed probably some people are probably happy because I'm not constantly posting or anything. But I've been a little quiet on Facebook because Facebook decided to say that and I can't muted post. your ass. Yeah, they done <laughs> muted me on fucking all, on all my uh, like groups that i made i mean i can't even talk on my own from your own creations man i'm like man they just took they just cut my cord and everything i even have my second profile and they done figured that out that (laughs) that's me and now they done uh, made that profile where i can't comment on my stuff so if you see me like sending putting pictures on a on your post that's me just saying hey look because i got all kinds of pictures i can't even post them and stuff so it is what it is your facebook outlaw yeah i'm a rebel I'm a rebel, Dottie. Well, speaking of rebels, I'm going to go with uh, Chase Briscoe to win the dirt race this week. I think he's due after last year's failed slide job. Bell, uh, has he got a chance? Uh, Bell, Larson, all very good Larson's picks as well. Larson's always got a chance. Yeah, Larson could win anywhere, except for restricted play tracks. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I think it'll be interesting. Um, I'd love to see a surprise winner, somebody, Corey LaJoy. Um, I, I would love to see another chaotic finish where – you know, the guy running fourth or fifth ends up winning because the leaders all get crazy there at the end. I, I think uh, this race has the potential just because on dirt, it's it's easier to step over the line, and uh, that's what we saw last year. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'll, um, Like I said, I'll be getting home Sunday. I don't know what time I'll be getting home. I'll probably, uh, to, to wind down from the vacation, I'll probably just start when I get home, I'll 
put the baby to bed and unpack and watch the race before I go to bed. And uh, we'll have that to talk about next week. Um, are you planning to go anywhere this weekend or are you going to work on the race car? Just working on I'm going to a concert Friday. Oh, there you go. Yeah, going to the Haven? Buddy, yeah, the concert. Jack going to be there? Nah, this, oh, uh, this is old man. He's running away from this the pit. Old, but this is old man. Yeah, Jack nah. don't want none. He, no, comment, he, don't want he none. commented no. on He's like, I'll see you in the pit. And he knows that we... Yep. Jack actually yep. gets in the pit, but he kind of bounces to the front of the pit. And then it'll be like... All of a sudden, he'll stop and he'll hand me his phone and everything. And be like, hold uh-huh, this. And uh-huh. then he'll take off, bounce around a little bit, and then bounce back over. Me... I'm saving my injuries for a race car because I've got <laughs> too much. I've got too much invested in that to hurt a shoulder and not be able to drive my race car. So fair enough. But that's about all I'm doing is going to see the band Deicide. I don't know if you know them. They're just old school Florida. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that one. Yeah, that's old school '90s. They started. These dude- no citrus for you. No. <laughs> I see. If I, I was going to be in town, listen. If I was going to be in town, just out of morbid curiosity, I would. I would go to Citrus. Uh, Tom was looking to get there to record it, but they're on pay-per-view with the sprint cars. So I don't know if Tom, I think Tom might be taking an off weekend, much deserved. He needs, it. It. He needs a weekend off. He's been, I mean, he went to Auburndale Friday <laughs> and then New Smyrna Saturday. I didn't even know he went to Auburndale. I was like, you better not be missing out on us Saturday. Cause no, I saw the video no, pop he would up. never. I was like Tom nope. and stuff. But one thing I want to do is give a shout out to Tom. He does such great work and it's, he always thanks me for helping them with them video cameras and stuff. I, I love doing that because yep. that, and honestly, it makes me not have to do my cameras as much because I've got so much footage. I've got, I've well, got, now, you know, it's, it's getting out there. Like people are yeah, really seeing they're it. They're actually so. going to see the footage of the cameras I put in. in Cause Facebook footage. won't let you share no more. So, yeah, so, but no, I'm, I'm going to probably chill out Saturday, work on my car, get that ready. Cause I'm really excited about that. That's, something i've been dreaming about doing for a long time and like last night i was leaving up all night just thinking about my car i call it the turtle and people dustin calls me myrtle turtle and everything but i'm gonna have fun out there no matter what if i'm slow i'm slow if i'm fast i'm fast regardless i'm out there driving there you go the car i built well i'm sure we'll all hear plenty of feedback on facebook and we'll have plenty to talk about next week um which, of course, we will be back with a nec- uh, another show next week, uh, break down Bristol Dirt and all the other happenings around Florida. And um, There yeah. is a Citrus is racing on mm-hmm. Auburn. No, Auburn is not racing. Showtime's in action, I Showtime. believe. Yep. And hopefully that guy, I know they had a video guy, and Matt said that that's just some guy that Dan shows stands, up. yeah. Yeah, so that's, hey, if he wants to come do that, it's, it's always good to see people filming and letting us be able to watch these other tracks because it broadens people to be like, oh, I live right there. I can because sometimes uh, they'll put the recommendations in your area, especially if your location's on and stuff. And you yeah. might see a video and be like, oh, there's a racetrack there. I think so. video, whether it be from the stands or more professional, I think it's good for short tracks to have that. Uh, you don't need to live stream everything, but I think it's good to have that video archive because. Uh, the people that are going to be there are going to be there. But Live streams suck to yeah. me because it's, it's somebody's phone and they're going, because yeah. they're all watching the race and everything. And right. It's like going crazy. But I, I'll send you a picture of it about some track posted on their website. It was like, come here, video, take pictures. We want you to have fun. Yeah, Post there was it. another track that posted new rules that like even the track photographers had to submit their photos to the track before they could release them. Yeah. It was apparently... Somebody hacked them, so they say, because they got a bunch of backlash for it. And then this other track was like, no, come, take pictures, yeah, take videos. Like, okay. he, even Tom now is like, he, 
when that Mustang crash happened, there was a spectator video from the stands that got out before his, and it really screwed him over at the mm -hmm. time. Now, like, those videos have so many hits, he's made a, a month's rent off of them. But, um, you know, and, and then the marketing person at the time took those crowd videos and put them out there on our Facebook page before getting Tom's videos just to piss Tom off. There's a whole fight there. Uh, it was just bad times. But I, I feel like take care of your track. Go buy photos from Jim Jones, mm -hmm. right? Watch Speedway video. Those are the new Smyrna people, right? Support them in any way you can. But if somebody else has a different view of something, watch that too. There's no harm in – it's like that person that, that had the spectator races that, that put them out there that was sitting in the American flag stands. Mm -hmm. They got theirs too. Great. Um, I, I think the more eyeballs you can get on the track one way or another, I think it's all a good thing. And I know a lot of people are working to try to get there. But the ones that are dedicated, the ones that are there all the time, make sure you take care of them. Well, I, that's definitely, it's just like they say, take care of your bartender, take care of the sure. people that are at the track. Like I, like we hit on last time, I believe, the track is not obligated to anybody there. They're giving you the place to play just like a band. A band coming to a venue, that's the venue is giving the band a place to entertain the fans. So understand that you got to do, do what the track says. Sometimes tracks aren't, easy to deal with hence some of the west coast that's happening now yep but understand that the track's still giving you a place to go play right and also understand that a lot of the things that the tracks have to deal with are not easy to deal with to oh. be able to raise insurance is crazy mm -hmm. uh paying your employees that's i mean there's People just think, oh, just they open the gate and we race. Like, there's a lot that goes into it that even I don't get because I don't, I don't need to go that far into it to to take any more of the magic away from me. But um, no, man, just I, I hope people go to Citrus this weekend. I know there's a lot of turmoil there, and I know there's new management. And I think people still go regardless of because it's. The, it's still their favorite track, just like people still come to New Smyrna and still bash New Smyrna. Yeah. People still go to Auburndale and bash. I've heard so many. Before I went to Auburndale, I heard was this is the most ghetto track you ever go to. I went there. It's pretty decent track. Yeah. I mean, they, they got some things that they could probably work on, but New Smyrna's got some things. Well, and you, you hear things about Showtime and their yeah. management too. So, so nowhere is perfect. Yeah, it's just, but still respect that they gave you a venue to go play and have fun at people cry about pay and everything you got to look at it at the overhead at a track is way more than you're spending to come out there and race so you got to look at it like that and if they want to give you a hundred bucks to come out and race that's a hundred bucks more than you had when you came in there you don't get nothing when you go to the go-kart track yeah so some of the divisions out there don't race for nothing i mean just be happy that you're getting your Gate 30, money back. Yeah, you're 35 yep. bucks back. It's just enjoy. This is this isn't NASCAR. Where if you're in to race at New Smyrna, Citrus, Auburndale, or any of these tracks to make money, you're in the wrong business. That, that's it. That's it. I mean, money helps. It helps. These cars are expensive. The time these drivers spend on their cars, it should be appreciated. But everybody's trying to make ends meet so that we continue to have racing because we've seen a lot of racetracks go by the wayside, and that's unfortunate. Every time we lose a track. You know, well, some tracks might think, oh, that's going to benefit us because we might get those cars. No, it hurts the overall community. So, um, 
yeah, get out and support somewhere. And I'm very interested to see how Citrus goes. I they need to get they they're trying to hire a social media person and they need to get one because their social media is not helping them right now. Yeah, so. that that did see that they do need to get somebody. I mean, if you could possibly probably I don't know if he'll ever work with him again. Go get Austin. Austin, I think Austin was such a good thing for that track and i think they messed up with losing him yeah that was a big loss for them um he he won't go back there with his management but uh i'm waiting for the day where austin's like i'm gonna be announcing full-time at this dirt track because i think that's coming for him he was very good at what he did yeah And, and he let me tell you when he first started before i knew him i saw interviews with him and i was like oh who is this guy (laughs) So he's come a long way, and I, I mean yeah. that with all due respect because I know a lot of people judge, you know, people can go back and look at my first year, my first two years of announcing. I think they say the same thing about me. Uh, I think the announcers are, are doing a good job here in the state. Um, Matt over at Showtime does a great job. Steve, Steve and Bobby and Auburndale, boy, Bobby brings out the best in Steve and vice versa. So they've got a good thing rolling over there. Uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm shitty, but, you know. <laughs> Um, I have fun. The so okay, what are you, the okay? The, the okayest announcer, you know. Yeah. Uh, some love me, some hate me, but it, I wouldn't have it any other way. I just enjoy what I do. Um, don't I, forget, you make the calls at New Smyrna. Every call no, that don't happens. Go listen to that podcast for, entitled, I Don't Make the Calls, Joe Gerard. <laughs> <laughs> me and Joe uh, Gerard, we're buddies. Even even though that probably seems like we're not, we actually chatted after like a whole Leroy because they were over there helping Leroy and everything yep. and stuff. So Joe Gerard, he's a good guy. He's just kind of got the same like mentality as me is I don't give – give an F and I'll say what I want to, yep. even if it's I'm kind of like Brian. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And Brian, if you're listening to this, you need to stop with all the, uh, if it's not one, it's the other one you're bashing. I, you're a good guy. I got no beef with you. Sometimes you think I hate you, but just let it go, man. See, go here's race. the thing. Like I don't hate anybody there. Some people yeah. I don't see eye to eye with and that's <laughs> fine. But like, it's like I said, I buried the hatchet with Timmy. Yeah, that's um, good. I'm glad you did that. No, me, me too, because it wasn't anything personal. Yeah. He, he, you know, everybody's passionate about it. It's I mean, passion. I, I think that is, is all passion. If you if you say, I mean, I guarantee you, if someone tells me uh, I stink out there, I'm probably yeah. gonna be like, Bleh. well, listen, <laughs> when somebody says something about somebody's race car, they get offended. When somebody says something about my announce, you know, my announcing or my call on a particular thing, sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah. I wish they didn't say that. But everybody's entitled to their opinions. And at the end of the day, this is what Timmy said to me. He's like, hey, man, listen, let's stop walking around the pits and, you know, not being able to look at each other. We're all there to do the same thing. We're all there to enjoy the racing. So, um, you know, I'm just kind of – I'm, I'm extending my, my hand at this point. And I said, you're right. It's not that big a deal. Everything's good. So water under the bridge, and that's how it should be. So, oh, you know, and, and people are going to have disagreements. and. I mean, there's probably going to be a point, Kenny, where me and you don't see eye to eye on something, but I think we could have a legitimate discussion about it and get through it. Yeah, and that's I mean, that's we, all that matters. We have uh, dis- many uh, discussions in our sure. own team, in our sure. own sh- shop. There's times where we've had to tell people to go home, chill out for a little while, and come back tomorrow and stuff. It's just we're humans. We're gonna we have. I don't know if it's egos, but we all have pride, I guess you could say, is we take pride in what we do. And if somebody's saying something about your doings, 
Yeah. Hence, race cars are what you're doing. It's you take offense to it, and some people have different ways of reacting back. Some people just ah, ha, 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 and some people just blow up and go all over Facebook. That's <laughs> Facebook it? is the new. I think Facebook's high school. It feels like high school to me, and it's like. That's our, everybody well, can say all this stuff on Facebook, but then we go to the track and we're all buddies. It's it's a forum where everybody feels like they're going to have a voice. Yeah. And everybody can get on there and express their feelings. And sometimes it's counterintuitive. Believe me, I have made things counterintuitive myself. I'm not immune to it. So I get it. It's all good. Just, God damn it, just enjoy racing. So yeah. it gives us something to talk about. Yeah, so I love racing. I love all of my racer friends and watching cars turning left because it's fun to do that it is it really is i mean it's so simple but it, it's fun so anywho um and take a another break here and then we'll come back on the other side we have the srl races from mobile to talk about we have power rankings fantasy and more so stick around for the third and final segment of the show and we will be right back I want to take a moment here to thank our sponsors, including American Auto. A uh, big thank you to EJ Wilcox. I'm one of the first sponsors of this show. Um, if you need anything done, um, of course, you can see EJ at the racetrack. You can talk to him there. Um, but uh, you, you can head to the shop, and they will take care of anything you need, tires, uh, auto repairs. They will get you taken care of. We also thank DeBerry Paint and Body for coming on board. Um, you know, if you get a big wreck, American Auto can get you the parts you need, and then DeBerry Paint and Body, they can make sure that your car is looking good. So if you need anything painted or body work done, DeBerry Paint and Body, stop by there, and they will take care of you there as well. Also think 124 Welding and Fab. Of course, that's Ron D'Alessandro. I was hoping to see him out there with the 602 mods. I'm pretty sure he, he will be out there soon. Uh, does great metal work and welding. So if you need anything like that done, you can check out his Etsy store as well and buy some of his metal workings. And we thank Ron for supporting the show. Also, we thank SRQ Taxes. It is tax season. If you still need your taxes done, which I know many of you do, um, get with Steve from SRQ Taxes, Steve Darling, the announcer over at Auburndale. He will take care of you. He has been burning the midnight oil. And, um, you know, hey, something we all got to get done. Might as well um, get it done by one of our very own in the community here, SRQ Taxes, the official tax partner of the Racing with Ryan podcast. I also thank Andy Morrison, been a huge supporter of racing in general. Now the Quarter Midget Kids and this podcast. So Andy would never give up. We thank you, good sir. Always a pleasure to always a pleasure to see you at the racetrack. And uh, he's got a big race he's trying to get planned. So that should be pretty fun here later on down the road. So Andy, thank you for your support. Also, got to thank Ken Copley for coming back on board, sponsoring the EMOD segment of this show, and he'll be doing all the EMOD races going forward. So, Ken, thank you very much for your support. And Doug Sammy coming back on board with Do All Lawn and Tree Service. If you need any tree service done, I'm telling you, hurricane season, it'll be here before you know it. We're probably going to have some storms. It might be a good idea to get the trees taken care of now so you don't have to get them taken off your property when they fall on your house. So, Get with Doug Samian, do all on and tree. He'll get you taken care of. And uh, again, thank you to all of our sponsors and our listeners as well. And now we'll get back to the show. All right, everyone, welcome back to the third and final segment of this week's show. I'm going to be flying solo here on this part. Um, no around the state today. Uh, Auburndale Speedway had their two Tour of Destruction events, which uh, you can go back and watch on Speedway video. 
Um, Zach Curtis won the Enduro there. That's really all that I know at this point. Um, but uh, they got two great events in, and I know Steve and Bobby did a hell of a job with their show over there. Uh, Showtime was off. New Smyrna, of course, we've already covered. Um, and let's see, let's see. Citrus is not coming back until this coming Easter weekend, so we'll cover that on the next show. But uh, some racing that may be close to home for some of you guys. You guys might follow, uh, follow the SRL series. So we have a little bit of information on those races that went down at Mobile International Speedway in Alabama. So the SRL sportsmen making their first trip out of the state, and they were accompanied by the SRL late model series as well. And that race, unfortunately, uh, now here's the thing, the other race that was supposed to go on this weekend uh, at the same, almost the same time as SRL, the Southern Super Series race, the ASA Southern Super Series, they got rained out. So at least SRL was able to get their event in, but it did get shortened uh, due to fog. So visibility was the issue there. And after 73 of the 125 scheduled laps, Bubba Pollard was declared your winner over Stephen Nassie. Uh, Jet Nolan came home in third. Casey Roderick was fourth. Fifth was Hunter Robbins. So the cream of the crop really there. Uh, good run for Jet Nolan. Good to see him back near the front of the fields here. But uh, Bubba Pollard, Stephen Nassie, Casey Roderick, the uh, late model champion from Speed Weeks up there in the top five as well. Cody Crucker. Uh, he did real well. How about him in sixth position? That's a good run for the 27 car. Dustin Smith came home in seventh. Michael Goddard was in eighth. Chris Davidson in ninth. And Dylan Bigley, who made the trip up 10th. Another driver uh, familiar to the Florida racing scene, Colin Allman, came home 11th. Howard Langham, or Langham was in 12th. 13th was George Gorham Jr. So a bit of an off night for George. Uh, Hudson Halder came home 14th. 15th was Easton Baker. They started 25 cars, so a good field of cars. Most of the drivers able to finish all 73 laps. As a matter of fact, uh, let's see, 17 finishing all the laps and at least 22 completing 60 of 73. So pretty good field there, very competitive race, but the win went to Bubba Pollard over in Alabama. Now, the SRL Sportsman Series scheduled for 75 laps that same day, got all of their laps in. 23 cars made the trip. I'm going to tell you, that's pretty impressive with the weather being eh, kind of iffy, kind of meh uh, for a lot of these drivers to travel up there. That's good to see. I know a couple of guys, uh, shout out to Phil Jakes. He was wanting to go up there and race, but he's dealing with some health things. So he's taken that, uh, you know, taking that important and wasn't able to make the trip up there. I think he went, but he didn't race. Anyways, uh, the win went to Steve Gale. Good to see him finally break through. He has had a fantastic season on the SRL Sportsman Series. Um, if I were him, I'd be planning to make all these races and go for that championship because I think he's got a car to do it. Will luck be on his side? We'll have to see. But Steve Gale, man, he's been so close. We've talked about him in the power rankings. Maybe he'll make an appearance here on the next part of this segment when we go over the updated power rankings, but Steve Gill gets the win over Jason Vale in the 407. So good run for Jason Dodge Carlbert third. Brandon Morris came home in fourth. He's already a winner on the tour over at Auburndale. Let's see. Kevin Macy fifth, Chad Rutherford sixth, seventh for Rich Clouser, who had a good run eighth for Dylan Bigley. So the Bigley's continued their impressive day. Joe Winchell was ninth and 10th for Matthew green rounding out the rest of the top 15. Jason Bartram in 11th. 12th for Daniel Webster, so uh, middle of the pack for Daniel. Kind of a struggle. 
Uh, he was running better than he finished, that's for sure, but uh, did not complete the last four laps and was relegated to a 12th place finish. And uh, that's going to hurt him in the points because he was right up there. Winner at the Freedom Factory and a couple of good runs to start the season. And now a little bit of a setback, so he'll have to claw his way back into it going forward. James Seawright was 13th, 14th for Dan Partlow, or I'm sorry, for Partello, part the Partlow's race at New Smyrna. And running at the top 15, an uncharacteristic run for Adam Briggs. So, like I said, good field of cars. 23 started. And let's see, looks like only the top 10 completed all the laps. And we had about 15 or so complete at least 65. So it looks like it was a good showing over there. Good race. And um, I'm glad they were able to get it in before, you know, they were able to get the races official before the fog completely rolled in and, you know, stormed out the rest of the weekend, if you will. So that's what went on at Mobile. At least that's the results. Um, of course, you can find more in-depth coverage all over your favorite social media sites if uh, if you want to know exactly what went down. But there's the results. And I figured since we didn't have much to talk about around the state, we'd leave the state and talk about a series or two that are kind of close to home. So congratulations to Bubba Pollard and Steve Gill on their big victory. So with all of that in mind... Um, I did have to keep in mind that that was probably going to have an effect on our power rankings here this weekend, and sure enough, it did. Um, I've got a brand new top 12 for Florida power rankings, so we're going to start there, and we're going to go from the back to the front, so making his way onto the list for the first time. Maybe, perhaps, he's been a little bit overlooked so far this season, but in 12th place, I have Jeffrey White, big EMOD win over at New Smyrna that we talked about earlier. He's been running the AMODs over at Auburndale and had great success there. Been uh, running the Pro Late, too. Um, still looking to to get that that thing dialed in. But Jeffrey White going to make it into 12th here this week. And 11th, Rich Clouser. Um, winner of the big Superstock race during the World Series. And he was 6th. I'm sorry, check that, 7th over uh, at Mobile, driving the 16 for David Gould. So he pops into 11th. Into the top 10, first time on the list, C.J. Creech, winner of the Bomber 40. Um, I think he's still steaming over it a little bit, but, you know, to win the biggest Bomber race of the year, uh, I had to get C.J. on the list here, right behind Dustin Higdon, who, in my opinion, is the best Bomber driver, period. Um, he's just one of those guys, doesn't matter where he starts, he's always going to be towards the front. He doesn't always finish there. He's had some bad luck this season, but... Um, he is fun to watch and in my opinion, probably the best bomber driver in the state. So Dustin moves up a spot to ninth in eighth. still Brad may hanging on, uh, after his big super late model or his, I'm sorry, big pro late model. win. I expect him to win quite a few pro and super late model races in New Smyrna this year, um, in seventh slipping one spot is George Gorham, uh, just a so, so mediocre run. Auburndale is his playground. Um, he took the car out of state this week and didn't have as good a run. So he's seventh. Um, just ahead of him is the five for Steve Gill making a reappearing. I had to drop him off the list, but man, he's going to be hard to drop completely off the list. Now, um, he might be a mainstay for the rest of the year. If he continues to run this well, now, if he continues to do the SRL races and then starts to struggle, that could change. But for now, Steve Gill back on the list in the sixth position, dropping down to fifth. Again, we, we kind of talked about it when we went over the top 15 in the sportsman race. Uh, Daniel Webster had a tough race. He has been so good in the sportsman that with this unfortunate finish, and, and I don't want to say performance because the car 
performed just fine until it didn't. Uh, it's just an unfortunate finish, but it does drop him down. The people ahead of him, I, I feel like, have reason to be ahead of him uh, after this race. So Daniel Webster slipping down to fifth, but still, in my opinion, one of the best sportsman drivers on the SRL Sportsman Tour. In fourth, you have Sean Bass. Got to move him up a spot. Winner of the 30-lapper at New Smyrna in dominant fashion once again. Not quite as dominant as the last couple. These guys might be catching up to him a little, or he was just being conservative. We'll never know. But Sean Bass with another win. Moves up to fourth in the power rankings. And, you know, like Kenny said a couple of weeks ago, he thinks Sean should be lower because he doesn't, uh, he doesn't, they, they choose not to go anywhere else. But, you know, every time you come out and win races like that at New Smyrna, uh, I feel like he deserves to still be in the top four. Moving up to third, didn't win in Florida, but went to the Carolina Pro Late Model Race this weekend and won that. So TJ DeCare getting it done out of state. So he's in third. You know, I was thinking, man, I probably got to move him down. Didn't race. What do I? What do you mean he didn't race? He sure as hell did, and he went and won on the um, Carolina Pro Late Model Tour. I forget where they raced, but I know he won the race. Uh, Brandon Morris still hanging on to the second position. Car number 56 was fourth uh, at Mobile. So having a great season. Already a winner over at Auburndale on the tour and a couple of good runs to start the season. So Brandon Morris still hanging on to second. And in first, still untouched at the top of the Florida Power Rankings, is Cody Stickler for his late model performances at Auburndale and his open modified performances for Doug Moff. So there is our top 12 in the Florida Power Rankings. And we'll take a quick look here at our NASCAR power rankings after Richmond and looking forward to Bristol Dirt. So that Bristol Dirt race, very unique. So it definitely has some influence on the updated rankings. You know, some drivers that struggled at Richmond have fallen off the list. We've added a couple of new drivers. And um, for the first time, I actually noted where they were the week before. So um, I'm going to try to make sense of all of this. We'll give you the top 15 in NASCAR power rankings for the Bristol Dirt Race coming up here this Easter weekend. Um, slipping down from 12th to 15th, Daniel Suarez in car number 99. I, I considered dropping him off the list just because the last couple of weeks have not been too good for him. But looking at Bristol Dirt, he almost won a stage in 2021, finished in the top five, and then top 15 run last year. So I feel like Daniel Suarez Suarez is a sneaky driver here for the Bristol Dirt Series. Do I think he's going to win it? No, but I think he could easily get a top five, top 10. So he hangs on to 15th. Um, Making an appearance, uh, not ranked last week, up to 14th. Chase Briscoe in the 14 car. Had a pretty good run at Richmond, all things considered. And almost, remember, he was the driver that pulled the slide job or tried to pull the slide job on Tyler Reddick coming to the checkers last year in turns three and four that actually allowed Kyle Busch to win. So got to put uh, Chase Briscoe with his most recent performance and his his performance the last year at Bristol Dirt moves the 14 to 14th. Remaining in 13th is Ryan Blaney. Really disappointing race at Richmond. Um, considered him for 15th, but I'm trying not to lose faith in Ryan, but it's getting harder and harder. Ryan remains 13th, needs a good run on the dirt, but I don't foresee it being his type of race. Um, in the 12th position, not ranked the last couple of weeks, Ty Gibbs, three top 10 finishes in a row. Um, I feel like that's pretty impressive for a rookie driver. I think he's been relatively overlooked. Toyotas in general have been kind of overlooked this year. Um, you know, 
Ty has expectations. I, I don't think those expectations are astronomical for him this year. Obviously, Xfinity champion taking over the 18, which is now the 54 at Joe Gibbs. You know, he's going to have expectations, but I think he's starting to fit into his own. So he's going to be ranked 12th. Those three top 10s in a row are solid. Dirt, I don't know if that's really his thing, but we shall see. In 11th, uh, remaining in 11th from last week is Martin Truex Jr. Led so many laps there towards the end. Thought maybe he was going to break that winless streak. Old tires at the end of the race caused him to fall back and finish 11th. So Martin Truex will remain 11th on our power rankings. Into the top 10, dropping two spots is Tyler Reddick in the 45 after the win. At Coda, he had a dismal Richmond race. He actually spun late, which kind of set up all the late race pit strategy and some of the cautions and the contact and ultimately setting up the race into Kyle Larson's favor. So Tyler Reddick drops two to 10th. Remaining in the ninth position, Denny Hamlin in car number 11 just um, killed himself at Richmond. Had a good car, won a stage, but a couple of speeding penalties, uh, wrecking J.J. Yaley. Um, You know, the performance was there. The mistakes cost him. So he's just going to remain in ninth for now, right there kind of in the middle. Alex Bowman will be eighth, uh, slipping three spots this week from fifth. And really the only reason is... um, it's just, it's Bristol dirt. If we were going to regular Bristol, I don't think I would have moved Alex Bowman down. Uh, some of the drivers ahead of him, I feel like the dirt suits their style a little bit more. So that's why Bowman has slipped down. I know he's the point leader. He's having a great, uh, solid season, but uh, I'd like to see just a little more from him. And uh, we'll see, maybe he'll make me eat some dirt this week. Uh, from fourth a week ago to seventh this week, Kevin Harvick just, man, uh, really... Kind of disappointed with his run at Richmond, to be honest with you. He wasn't terrible, but the way he was at Phoenix with this package, he just wasn't able to translate that after being the most recent Richmond winner. Um, coming to the dirt, I don't think... I think Kevin will, could do just fine, but I don't think this is his favorite track. So uh, down three spots for Kevin Harvick. Another three-spot drop here for Kyle Bush in sixth. Really disappointed with his run at Richmond. They were... Just a 14th place car pretty much all day, 12th to 14th. Really couldn't get much done. Uh, started on the outside pole and just dropped like a rock. So Kyle Busch, most recent Bristol Dirt winner, so I couldn't drop him any farther than that. Um, probably should still be in the top five, but some of these other guys ahead of him, I just feel like Bristol Dirt, like I said, it just suits them better. So um, Kyle Busch, lucky to win last year. Would love to win it again and, and maybe dominate this time. In fifth, dropping from second, so a couple of three-spot drops here. William Byron, um, the crash, man, that, that's what did him in. He had a car capable of winning his third race of the season, uh, but still having a great year. He's got like 15 playoff points. Those are going to be huge come playoff time. I see William Byron easily into the round of eight already, you know, barring some major uh, penalty injury or just a complete collapse. But William, Bristol Dirt, again, not his thing, so... I uh, got him fifth this week. Joe Logano going to go up two spots here because he was the inaugural Bristol Dirt winner. Uh, Joey can win anywhere, and he's having a great season. So Joey Logano is fourth, third this week, up seven spots. Christopher Bell, very solid in Richmond, had a good day, one of the best Toyotas for sure. Loves dirt racing. Hasn't been able to come through and win at Bristol Dirt. But I am not going... He's just a guy that every time we go to Bristol Dirt, you've got to pen him into, you know, 
top 10 favorites. So um, Christopher Bell making a big jump here this week up to third. Ross, Chast- Ross Chastain drops one spot to second. He continues to have a good season on paper, uh, maybe not in the eyes of his peers. People call him wrecking ball and all that stuff. Ross is just doing his thing and getting results. Um, but with, with it being Bristol Dirt, he drops one spot because Kyle Larson is number one up six from seventh last week. Gets the big win in Richmond. Got the right strategy and good restarts there at the end to get the job done. Kyle Larson on dirt. Hasn't won this race. Wrecked out the first year. Top five last year. Going to be a threat. Could easily see Kyle Larson getting his second win of the week. He is number one on our NASCAR power rankings. So there's your updated power rankings for this week. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying this segment. It is it is fun, you know, to sit down in front of my computer Monday. Usually I do it Monday, um, you know, get some work done and then kind of take a, a mental break and, th- and think about racing and think about what went down this weekend with some of the people we, we follow here in Florida and then follow the NASCAR guys. It's, it's a fun exercise. So I hope you guys are enjoying that. Um, before we wrap up the show here, got to do our, our fantasy segment here, give you an update from our Racing with Ryan podcast fantasy league. Uh, you know, I had, a, I had my buddy Steven over this week to watch the race and he's big into the fantasy stuff. And he told me uh, with, with about 30, 40 laps to go that I had all of my drivers in the top five and I had all the picks correct. I almost had a perfect score, I guess. And I said, yeah, that sounds great. A lap 300 or a lap 340 or whatever it was. Um, it all fell apart at the end, especially when William Byron got crashed out because he was one of my guys. So actually, uh, Steven's friend, Cushy Penguin, got the victory with 226 points. Bob's Fords was second with 218. Bomber 93 was third with 207. Steve Darling came home fourth this week uh, with 204 points. I needed to make up some points on Steve, and unfortunately, I lost. Uh, Richie Petty Jr., fifth with 200. Staffordshire Motorsports was sixth, tied with Big Tempin Motorsports with 199 points. I came home, RKS Racing, that's me, by the way. Um, I came home in the eighth position with 197. I did beat Steven, who is the Pit Penguin, uh, with 188. And then King Penguin with 160, rounding out the top 10 from their performances in Richmond. And the overall top five right now, after the Richmond race, Steve Darling still leading with 1,328 points. I'm in second place with 1,310 points. So I'm only 18 behind, uh, definitely within striking range. And uh, of course, right after this, uh, I have my uh, my my fantasy picks for you this week. So hopefully you can improve your team and catch us. Uh, Staffordshire Motorsports sitting third with 1,293. Pit Penguin fourth with 1,286. And rounding out the top five, our good buddy John Gross with 1,264 points. So it's pretty close within the top five. Uh, the top 10 still within striking range. So uh, keep it up, guys. Keep, make sure you get your picks in. I know a couple of people forgot this week. It's not, listen, it's not the end of the world. If you miss a week, you can always get back in the hunt. Um, been a lot of fun, man. I, I love this league. It's 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 great. Glad to see everybody active. And uh, before we wrap things up here and let you go here, um, I've got our our five picks. Again, these are this is not my team. I gotta make that clear. I don't want people to listen to this, say, oh, I know Ryan's team this week and strategize around it. These are five drivers I think you should have on your team. Or if you bet elsewhere, I think you should consider putting money on or or having in your roster or however you play it. Um, here's my five drivers for the week. You again, and a lot of these guys we talked about in the power rankings. So we've already given a little bit of, of beef on them, but 
The 20 of Christopher Bell cannot deny his dirt uh, background. Same with Kyle Larson. So you got to have Bell and Larson, at least, if not both of them on your roster, one in your lineup and one in your garage. You know, if you're trying to save Kyle Larson for more of the short tracks down the road or whatever, I understand that. But I think this is a good week to use both those guys. Another driver who you probably haven't used, um, well, Steven used him last week, but Chase Briscoe. Got to think about him because, again, almost won this race a year ago. Pretty good dirt racer himself. Maybe a sneaky pick for those that aren't big into the dirt scene, but he's a good little dirt driver himself. So Chase Briscoe, probably, if you're going to play him other than at the plate tracks, this is the week to do it. Joey Logano, most, or not most recent winner, but winner of the inaugural Bristol Dirt Race in the 22 and just all-around solid, good driver. As we mentioned a few moments ago, definitely would consider him. And then the other driver on our list, our most recent winner, Kyle Busch, who, yeah, he backed into the win last year, didn't he? But he ran like second and third much of the race. So he had a good car. We'll see what the eight car can do. You know, it's so easy to compare last year with Kyle Busch and think you got it nailed. But really, they've been hit or miss. You know, a couple podcasts ago, I thought Kyle Busch was going to be dangerous. He got the win at California where the eight car was so good and he's been struggling, except on the road course. So where the eight car was good last year, Kyle's been good. Um, where they struggled last year, you're seeing it still with Kyle with the struggles. But uh, we, we shall see. There's a long season. A lot of things are going to happen. I remember last year, William Byron came out strong. You thought, oh, he's going to be tough to beat. Got that second win at Martinsville. Almost won Darlington and then disappeared. So uh, a lot of things can happen. We don't. Re- we haven't seen nothing yet. So... Uh, but those are the five drivers that I would feel very comfortable on taking a bet on or putting on my team. And then, of course, the wild card that we give you every week. We touched on Daniel Suarez in the power rankings. Um, thought about dropping him for the power rankings, and I looked at his successes at the Bristol Dirt Track in 2021. Led a bunch of laps, almost won a stage. Top five finished last year, 12th. So, I, again, a wild card. Maybe you don't want to take a risk on him. Remember this wild card position. It's somebody who I try to think outside the box with. And I think Daniel Suarez could be a sneaky pick or, you know, a good pick for you. If, if, if maybe you're playing something that's even more limited than what's on the NASCAR fantasy live, you can only use a driver once or five times. I think Daniel Suarez would be a good person to think about this week. So that's my quick fantasy advice and fantasy rundown from the racing with Ryan podcast fantasy league. Congratulations to um, Cushy Penguin on the win, and congratulations to Steve hanging on to the overall points lead. Um, again, I want to thank you all for listening to the show. We're getting this thing out a little bit earlier this week um, before we before we leave town. But uh, again, thank you guys for listening. Appreciate all of our sponsors as well. Thanks to Ken Copley and Doug Samian for coming back on board. Really appreciate you guys. And of course, uh, 124 Welding and Fab, American Auto, uh, DeBerry Paint and Body, SRQ Taxes, Andy Morrison, and all of our listeners as well. I really, really thank you guys for keeping the show going, keeping me motivated to do it. Appreciate Kenny for coming all the way out here to record this little podcast and, and talk racing. So thank you all for listening. Um, not going to be anywhere next weekend. Not going to be at any racetracks. So um, any coverage on the pod next week will be observed from, from afar. So keep that in mind. But we will have a show for you one way or another. We can always find something to talk racing about. Um, but get out and, and go somewhere. See what's going on to Citrus. It's it's an unknown. I'm very curious to see how that goes. But uh, anyways, thank you all for listening. Happy Easter. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next week. Goodbye.